through the sheer force of my personality, I willed the 2010 Giants to glory. It was me. Wow. I think they were due, and I will not uh, fight with Go Rightly about it, for the, even though I know he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I think unless there's a bad luck here, they should really do well. I mean, if there's if there's a spot on, on, on the bracket here for the team most likely to wet themselves, I would pick the Royals. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Tim. And uh, by the way, good luck out there to Mystery Man with your picks, Tim. <laughs> And the whole time Paul was doing his predictions, I oiled my glove for this season. Wow. It really is a baseball special. You don't want to know what I was oiling while you were making your predictions, Greg. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio, with your host, Tim Banal. What is going on, my friends? This is Tim Banal of BanalofAmerica.com with the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Coming at you a little later than usual with this year's festivities, but I really underestimated how long it was going to take to edit all these little mini-interviews together. It took quite a while, so I apologize for that, but the wait is over and the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special has arrived. I know we are reaching merely a fraction of our listening audience here with this episode, since many, many BOA Audio listeners simply do not tune in to the Baseball Special But it is tradition here on the program. It is our fifth year of doing this truly unique style of program here in the world of paranormal radio. It's really not paranormal at all. It's completely unparanormal, and that's the whole point of the baseball special. It's our chance to stop, smell the roses, realize there's life beyond the esoteric, and have some laughs with our good friends. Speaking of which, here are the folks you'll be hearing from on this year's festivities. Our good buddies Jason Offit, Lauren Coleman, Adam Go Rightly, Paul Kimball, and Greg Bishop. And alongside them will be our friend from the US of E, the winner of our prediction contest at the BOA Forum. He goes by the name League Minimum on the forum, but on the show here we call him Greg. I should note here that we try to get a hold of Rich Dolan to appear on this year's festivities. He was on the show a couple of times in the past for the baseball special, but we just couldn't get our paths to cross this year. I'm going to redouble my efforts to get him back on for the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special. There isn't much else to say really here. It's going to be a short and sweet introduction, pretty much. We catch up with our old friends, find out what they've been doing in the last year, talk a little bit about the then-impending baseball season, and get their predictions on what may unfold in the 2011 Major League Baseball playoffs. And so, without any further ado, let's play ball. These interviews were recorded over the course of the final week of March in 2011. A cavalcade of esoteric stars join us for the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special. We're bringing in here as our leadoff man, Jason Offit. He's the author of a number of books. His latest book, of course, is Paranormal Missouri, Show Me Your Monsters. I like that. I like the show me state. I get it. I get it. 
And uh, he's also the author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard, which I wrote the back cover blurb for, and I appreciate that, that he let me do that. And uh, also Darkness Walks, the book on shadow people that many, 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 many people really enjoy quite a bit, as well as Haunted Missouri and On Being Dad, which is not necessarily a paranormal book, but it is uh, on his uh, experiences as a dad. And his website is from-the-shadows. Dot blogspot.com and he's a frequent guest on the program he showed up on the lost cast a few times last year as well it's been too long really it has been way too long since we touched base not just here on the program but in general so welcome back to the show jason offit good to be catching up with you buddy hey tim always a pleasure yeah it's been way way too long before we dive into the baseball discussion what's been going on with jason offit uh you know in the last year or so since we talked to you obviously the new book paranormal missouri show me your monsters that's out from Schiffer books and, uh, you know, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Well, just, uh, you know, doing, doing some research and writing. I've, um, uh, completed, completed a book that I've had a couple of, couple of publishers, uh, interested in. I've been working on it for, oh, about a year and a half. It's a, it's a humor book, uh, called Monsters, um, how to dispatch, uh, deadly creatures with, uh, uh, items from your own home. <laughs> Yeah, basically it's it's uh, showing people if your if your house is infested by gnomes or you're attacked by uh, uh, theropod dinosaurs in your living room, what you have lying around the house that uh, could possibly kill them. <laughs> I like this. I like this. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun. You know, trying trying to figure out ways to uh, uh, you know get rid of a, get rid of a werewolf that's stalking you uh, through your home is pretty. Pretty imaginative, and, uh, and and my biggest thing for people is my biggest advice is to keep a lot of cats in your house because throwing a cat at one really distracts it. Yeah, that would be a good weapon to use, I think. Yeah, just just whip a cat at at, at anything really. A burglar. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you ward him off? I threw a cat at him. It worked. I threw Skittles at him. That's the cat's name in this imaginary scenario. So. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like you've done that before. Yeah, well, you know, let's just say I'm, I'm legally not allowed to own any more cats. But, <laughs> but you know, we'll leave it at that till <laughs> till this goes to trial. And uh, Paranormal Missouri, show me your monsters. That's the new book, so that's exciting too. So you keep uh, churning out these tomes. Well, it's yeah. The 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 first one was was really the the most work on in Missouri because uh, I hadn't written a paranormal book before and. You know, people were fairly tentative about talking with me, and and I had to do a lot of background research. And and now that people know that I'm not going to point at them and laugh, whenever they tell me their story, there. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to get information out of people. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I I can't put over uh, from the shadows enough. It really is a definitely a must a must-visit site for people on a frequent basis because the stories there are just chilling, and uh, it's updated quite frequently. So. You know, yeah, every week. Cool there. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And 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 while I'm thanking you, thanks. Uh, uh, you mentioned the uh, the background blur or the back page blurb for uh, uh, for what looks beyond, man. I, I really appreciate that. Hey, man, it was my pleasure. It took me forever to get it written for you. I remember. <laughs> I remember you be like, "Do you have that thing yet?" Like it took me the longest I've ever taken me to write like a couple sentences. But the less you have to write, the more I think you overthink it or something. At least that's how I am. Right. That's how poets justify their work. <laughs> There you go. I guess I'm kind of a poet then. So what's been going on here with your Kansas City Royals, dude? They it, what 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 is the thinking behind trading Zach Greinke? Uh, just sort of like he wanted out, and you might as well get something for him now, you know, before it's too late, sort of thing. 
that that was that was mainly it. He he wanted he definitely wanted out, and and you know I don't care how good a player is on on a really bad team, it's not going to make the team any better. So um, I mean, getting getting some something for him, uh, you know, it, it was probably better better for both both of us. You know, I think I think back uh, uh, to make a Kansas City Chiefs uh, corollary type uh, you know thought here. Uh, Jared Allen, uh, our defensive back, uh, really popular. He just led the uh, led the league in, in sacks uh, for the Chiefs a couple years ago, and then we traded him off to to, to Minnesota for for some draft picks. And, and people up here were were furious because you know here's our best defensive player, and and you know, basically the the team was like, okay, we suck. We're trying to get the <laughs> most we can for what we can, and uh, and I think that's pretty much what the Royals' thoughts were. Yeah, well, it's disappointing because you see teams like the Reds come up through the ranks and and make the playoffs and kind of turn it around. So you keep waiting for the Royals to catch fire, but well, and that's how that's how it used to be. It's um, back in the back in the seventies and 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 back in the in the eighties, um, uh, we had a fantastic farm system, and uh, that, that's how we did. We brought people up through the through the ranks, and we got away from that when uh, John Sherholtz left. Um, and we haven't been, you know, of course, we haven't been to the playoffs since we won the World Series in '85, and and it and it goes back to to being a small market team. I mean, the way the economics have been since uh, the the late 1980s is we just we can't compete. It's not it, it, until we get, um, you know, so, something in place where we're all playing at the same, you know, same dollar amount level. Uh, I mean, the Royals probably aren't going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, and teams like them. Yeah, I know what you mean. They they. Get- they can make the playoffs, but they rarely get past like the uh, you know the first round. It seems so. But who knows? Yeah. They're talking about expanding the playoffs now, or or doing some other stuff. So. Well, yeah, and that could mean the Royals might get in sometime, but they'll still suck. It's going to be tough. Did they pick up anybody good? Any noteworthy uh, acquisitions in the off season? Uh, you know, uh, frankly, I've been uh, really wrapped up in uh, my own the university where I teach uh, our <laughs> athletics. Um, because our, our football team won the national championship last year, and they got really close to to you know, getting to the title game again this year. Our wrestling team just won the national championship. Uh, uh, our girls' basketball teams in the elite eight. Uh, so I, I, I mean, that's the, after after the NFL season ended. This is that's pretty much what I've been paying attention to. I haven't paid attention to to the off season for baseball. Now, do you attend many games nowadays, or is it how far away are you from the uh, from where they play and everything? Oh, it's about a two-hour drive. Oh, wow! Yeah, Missouri's yeah, a big any, place. Any, yeah, any 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 baseball like well, where I, where I live in Missouri is uh, a ten-minute drive to Iowa. So so oh, Kansas wow. City's a nice little nice little haul. We, we've got a couple of a couple of spots within a, a half-hour drive of the house though that have a, a single A uh, single A baseball team. So that's what I'm going to be doing this summer. Nice. Sometimes those games are. Uh... They're a little more fun than the major league games sometimes because you can see the young players and it, it's not as intense. Like you can actually get in and shit, you know. Well, yeah, you can get in. It's it's cheap. The beer prices are cheap, and 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 the people that you see, uh, Clorinda, Iowa, the Clorinda, Clorinda A's, um, one of their the the biggest name players to ever play uh, on their on their team was uh, Ozzy Smith. So I mean, occasionally, once every forty years, you're going to see a decent player come through. <laughs> every forty years. Uh, all right. Well, let me see if there's anything. Since I don't have any, I don't follow up on the Royals, unfortunately. But it's going to be a tough year for them because I think the uh, 
the White Sox have improved and the Twins have improved. So everybody's improved. What what the Royals are are uh, the homely girl at the end of the bar. There okay. you go. Yeah, she might have a nice smile or 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 a nice rack, but that's it. <laughs> okay, that's that's what the Royals are going to be. I mean, I'm I'm going to pay attention to to a couple of things like Kyla uh, uh, Kayahui, um, guy we just pulled up last year did did fairly well. He's a, he's a he's a good hitter, and he's hopefully I'll get a good chance to to see him uh, uh, you know see him play well this year. Hopefully, see uh, Billy Butler's numbers continue to do well. See Alex Gordon, you know, maybe pull his head out of his rear end. Yeah, did he have much of a year last year? We were kind of talking about him on the special last year. That was sort of kind of yeah, a make-or-break year almost. Yeah, except for he got injured. So oh, indeed. That kind of puts the make-or-break year back another year. Yeah, I remember when he first came up, they were talking about how he was like the future of the franchise and all this other shit, but I don't know. Well, they were, they've been talking about that uh, ever since George Brett was about ready to retire. God, I can't remember the first next George Brett. God, I can't remember him. Uh, he was he was a good good hitter, though. Okay, I'll, in the middle of the interview, I'm just going to shout a name out. Cause <laughs> dude. But but one of the other ones was Jeff Conine. He was supposed to be the. Oh yeah. And we 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 of course let him go. But yeah, Alex Gordon is is just the last in a long in a long line. And uh, I, I heard an interview uh, with with George Brett come on, when Gordon first came up, and and uh, hitting coach asked Brett to talk with uh, to talk with Gordon. And okay. The Royals' only Hall of Fame player. I mean, this is the guy that Gordon idolized. At least he said growing up, "You're going to pay attention to him." And 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 Brett um, told him, you know, a few things to do with his swing, and he did it that batting practice, and then never did it again. And Brett was like, "The hell with it. He's not going to listen to me." Yeah. How's he affiliated with the team nowadays? Is he sort of uh, just like a, a roving legend, if you will? Oh, he's uh, been the team's uh, one of the team's vice presidents for a few years. Oh, okay. I'm not sure exactly what he what he what he does. Yeah. But he appears at spring training in his in his uniform, so he does something. Well, that's good, I guess, right? It's something I never quite understood with baseball. Every every other team, you know, the I'd really hate to see, uh, uh, you know, back when Parcells coached him come out in a uniform. Really yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The the uh, the Red Sox manager he gets a lot of shit for wearing like a thermal thing over the uh, uniform and. They like make sure that he's wearing the uniform underneath because he has to. It's like in the rules. It's like kind of ridiculous. Like he's not going to go out and play or anything. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I could I mean, back in the back in the day, I can see why the rule was there because yeah, they they would suit up and go play. Hell, Pete Rose was a was a was a manager his last few years playing ball. That's true. You don't see too. You don't see any player coaches anymore. They used to be a big oh. thing in all different sports. Hmm. I guess you know times change. Now, Gil Mesh, he used to pitch for you guys, right? And then he he retired and gave gave back the money that he would have gotten in the uh, ensuing years or something like that. He got a lot of props for that. Yeah, that was a, that was actually a, a fairly. I was really kind of surprised it was such a big news story on all the, you know, on all the dot coms, the Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all those had it as a front page story that, you know, here's this major league baseball player who signed a contract and said, well, I'm not going to fulfill my contract, so here, take the money I owe you. Um, that was that was pretty solid. That was a really stand up thing to do, but uh I I think he knew he didn't earn it. <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he had a couple of really good seasons well not really good, he had a couple of really decent seasons with the Roy seasons with the Royals and then uh um got injured and, and didn't have the recommended surgery and uh you know, didn't really want to do the bullpen bullpen thing, so 
uh, maybe he was feeling a bit guilty. Yeah, I can imagine it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know how that works. I don't see how he could just retire and get, still get the money for the next remaining years, even though he doesn't play. I guess that would be what would happen, but it doesn't seem fair or right. I don't know how the contracts work like that. Any, I don't know. Contracts any contract designed like by that. lawyers. Nothing's fair. Everything's screwed up. I don't try to make sense of it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the Royals do uh, this coming season. Are you ready to make your picks? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, mine last season were so stellar. I can't wait to do it again. Well, you were in the middle of the pack. I checked. You had two out of eleven. There was three people above you and three below. So you know. All right, I'll bet five hundred. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. That's 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 pretty good uh, in the prediction realm. So we'll go through the list here. Uh, all right, American League East. Who you got? I'm uh, picking the Sox. Nice, nice. Going against my pick last year, I believe I picked the Yankees. I think you did. Yeah, yeah. All right, and in the Central, uh, the Tigers. Nice. All right, nice. American League West. Uh, the Rangers. I think that's pretty solid. Rangers are pretty solid. And in the wild card. Me. I'm going to win the uh, AL wild card race. Got to got to go with the Yankees on that. All right. Okay. And 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 this will uh, this will this will make you feel good, Tim. Somebody asked me uh, in class the other day. One of my students. He, he asked if if. You could name any if you could name a baseball team that is America's team. What team would you pick? And I mean, I had to go with the Yankees, just because. I mean, I don't I don't go with America's team for any sport. I just put up hand quote marks so uh, nobody could see that in the listening audience. I mean, but they're the they're the ones the ones most known. The uh, yeah. the, the uh, you know the, the foreign students in in class. The one from the girl from Costa Rica and and uh, you know the guy from South Korea were like, oh, the Yankees. Well, I think that says it. Exactly. They're the yeah, Kleenex of uh, of of sports teams. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the the uh, uh, the reason you'll 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 like this is because uh, all the American students uh, hated the Yankees. They're pretty so hated. For them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty hated everywhere. Although I was out in San Diego and I was uh, like two or three years ago, and 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 now there's like hate for the Red Sox. So that's because they finally won the series. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to do something to they got to do something to stay in contention with the Yankees. So they got to spend. It's you know the Yankees ruined it for everybody. It's not the Red Sox's fault. Absolutely. Well, that was one of uh, one of my favorite uh, moments of Lost, which there were many. Let's bring this back to to Lost. <laughs> is uh, when uh, when when Jack was was captured to uh, to, to operate on Ben. Yeah. Uh, ben showed him something on TV to you know to show you know what year it was, and and it showed the the ball you know the Red Sox winning the World Series, and Jack was like, No, I can't be right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they made a big deal out of it here too. Um. All right, and then the uh, the National League East. Who you got? Uh, the the Yankees of the NL East, uh, the Phillies. Okay. Yep. Yep. They're turning into the Yankees of the uh, of the National League in general. They're they're quite the beastly team. Uh, the uh, the NL Central. Uh, St. Louis. Okay. They, they let me down last year, and probably will again. But now, as a as a Royals fan. I don't know if we talked about this last year. Is there any kind of, is like a rivalry between the two teams, an interstate sort of rivalry? No, no, not not really. Um, it's not between the two teams. It's between the two cities. Um, 
generally people from Kansas City can't stand people from St. Louis because they're, you know, really obnoxious about their their baseball team and and they can't get over the fact that we beat them in the uh in the 85 World Series. And uh and and St. Louis doesn't really care about Kansas City cuz they're too jealous of Chicago. <laughs> All this Midwestern dynamics here. Right. That's, that's why I really would have would have liked the Royals to have gone when they had the chance. They had the chance to go uh, to the National League. It would have been fantastic because they had some natural rivalries right in the Midwest. I mean, they could have had the Cubs. They could have had uh, could have had the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, but they but they didn't. So yeah, they probably would have been better off. Yeah, I think so. Do you think Pujols will re-sign with the Cardinals? You know, my wife always laughs when she hears his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she also laughs whenever we watch an old episode of Star Trek and Kirk goes, Captain's Log. But that's beside the point. Anyway, um, you know, I, here, he won't end, uh, it would have been, you know, great if, if he could end up with, uh, with, with the Cubs. Oh, wow, okay. I mean, what kind of screws would that put on the Cardinals? It would be, yeah, it would be like one of those Yankee Red Sox situations where a guy switches teams and everyone's like outraged and everything. But I'd kind of like it because I'm not a big Cardinals fan, really. I, I don't know something about them. Oh, I'm I'm really I'm really not either. But uh, I'm 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 a homer, and they're they're in in my state. That's that's why I'm going with them. And, <laughs> and since I can't pick the Royals, I mean, if there's if there's a spot on 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 the bracket here for the team most likely to wet themselves, I would pick the Royals. <laughs> And I've, I've been dissing them ever since I've been on uh, been on with you, but yeah, I've been I've been a Royals fan ever since uh, ever since you know. Hell, I, I remember watching Lou Pinella play when I was a little bitty kid, and Dad said, "Hey, look at that guy; he's going to be good." So, uh, yeah, I've, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Royals fan. I'm just depressed. Yeah, well, it's tough. The, our webmaster he's he lives in Pittsburgh, and uh, we talk all the time about how awful the Pirates are. So. Well, it's because he and and or his team and my team have the same problem. Not enough money to spend, throw around. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's difficult. Then, then you can't really get guys to come to your team. You know. Well, I remember when the Tigers made the run of the World Series a few years ago. Uh, they were saying that when they got Pudge Rodriguez, that really turned everything around for them because all he was like the first big name guy to willingly go to Detroit as a free agent. Then all of a sudden, other guys started going to, you know, making it okay to go there or something. Yeah, so. which I mean, I, I don't understand. Kansas City's a nice town. The Midwest is 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 a nice place to be. Um, the pressure from the press isn't nearly as much in Kansas City as it is in in New York or uh, in California. Yeah, we're we're just nice. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. All right, how about the NL West? Uh, Rockies. Nice. All right. And finally, the NL wild card. I'm going with the Braves. Nice. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz about the Braves this year, so we'll see how they do. Uh, all right. So in the in the American League, who do you have uh, as the American League champs? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Sox. All right. And not for any reason other than I'm not. Not I've, I've always hated the Tigers uh, because back in the day, Sparky Anderson could could beat us a lot. Because he beat everybody a lot, and uh, not a big fan of Texas. I don't mean the Rangers; I mean the whole state. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. Oh, just I've I've had to spend a lot of time there. 
And, and it's not really the it's, it's it's not the people. I met a whole lot of nice people there. It's just um, you know the, the, there's mottos been Texas is like a whole other country. Uh, the the colloquialisms there. It's like okay, you said what? And uh, the fact that every other county's dry. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it really sucks. It really sucks when you're drinking. You're like, hey, I'm gonna stop uh, stop here for the night and uh, stay the night. Hey, we're gonna get a beer. You can't. Oh, great. That does not sound like my vision of Texas at all. I figured everybody was drinking down there. Yeah, I'm, I think everybody's vision of Texas uh, is uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, vision. I don't know if you saw the Family Guy where they uh, were hide the family was hiding in Texas. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Dog Brian went to buy a bottle of, of whiskey and the, he bought the whiskey and then and the clerk handed him a gun. And Brian said, "You know, I, I didn't order that." And he goes, "No, but everybody in Texas, whenever you buy whiskey, you get a gun." <laughs> Oh, man. Um, all right, and who do you have for the National League champs? Uh, actually, I got it. I'm got. i going with the Phillies. All right. I did that last year. So Red Sox, Phillies, and who do you have winning it all? Uh, I'm Again, I don't really have any, any huge basis in this, but I'm an American League guy, so uh, keep my keep my fingers crossed for, for Boston. Nice. Well, that sounds good to me. You know, I like that. Now, I, I, I'm reminded here because we talked last year that you saw a no hitter. You're one of the only people I know who actually saw a no hitter. What do you think of all these no hitters that happened last year? It's kind of weird, don't you think? I know it. It could be um, uh, a fluke thing. I'd, I'd have to look at uh, at, at previous stats. I, I really, really don't know um, what the average for no hitters are in, in a season. I mean, but things things go in, in, in cycles. I mean, it could be uh, could be you know complete coincidence. Uh, um, you know, what about the number of home runs that were were hit? Uh, whenever whenever McGuire and Sosa and, and Bonds were hitting them out, of course we know why that happened. But 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 still, I mean, things will will, will change. Um, I don't I don't really like to see it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty special special thing to see. No, it, it really doesn't doesn't bug me that much, I guess, since there were no hitters. But if you have seven seven perfect games, uh, yeah, that would really <laughs> that would throw red flags up. Yeah, yeah. We had one, didn't we? Uh, a perfect game that was blown by a by a uh, umpire's call. Yeah, they had yeah they had the blown game there. That was yeah that was the big story there for a while. That's sort I of, think the umpire and the pitcher wrote a either wrote or are writing a book about it. I wouldn't be surprised if they are writing a book about it. I know they appear together at the ESPY Awards, so I'm sure the umpire, you know, well, I guess he felt terrible about it, obviously, but it was pretty uh, ridiculous. Well, and and umpires with I, I don't envy uh, an umpire job at all. The the guy and I used to know his name. I don't remember it anymore. The guy that. Uh, Blew the call uh, at first base in the 1985 World Series. Let's go back to the Royals again. To the 19, uh, game six of the 85 World Series, he called somebody safe who was out by a half a step. He got death threats for like 10 to 15 years after after that game. Oh my God! You know, people people hold a grudge. This is from St. Louis people. Game. I thought they were nice people. But like I told you, they're jealous. Of, they're jealous of Chicago. I guess so. A true Midwesterners. Let's count them out. <laughs> all right. So you have the Red Sox going all the way. Uh, what, what's coming up for you? What do you have cooking here? Uh, what's do we do? We have a sort of plan of action with regards to the uh, How to Defeat Monsters with Household Items book. Uh, I'm still 
still pitching pitching it around. Uh, um, I was offered a contract that uh, was a little bit less than what I would like, so I'm still 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 pitching it. Uh, I got an email today from a publishing company that sounded pretty uh, uh, pretty positive, so I'm keeping my my fingers crossed on that. Uh, I'm also working with uh, with a literary agent. I actually got one to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, about a book on um, uh, how to survive in uh, if you're trapped in a science fiction movie. Oh wow! So I'm um, I'm I'm uh, got, I got the first chapter done on that, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Nice. That sounds cool. Nice, nice. And you know, we were talking about this uh, before we got on the show here. Uh, maybe uh, let me know if you don't want to talk about this, but you're sort of like moving back into the humor realm and sort of. Maybe keeping a foot in both camps a little bit right now. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit. Humor is what I've I've done for years before I ever got into the to the paranormal <clears throat> paranormal topics, and I and I love doing paranormal topics, but um, things get a little bit a little bit too bizarre uh, at at times, <clears throat> and I just I'm thinking about stopping back or stepping back. Some some of some of the topics I've handled, um, uh, black eyed kids being one of them. Um, yeah, really. I, I think I may have mentioned this to you uh, uh, in our last interview. Really, really bugs my wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she really didn't want want anything knocking on our door. Um, I had I had a bit of a uh, an issue last uh, last August. Actually, I haven't talked to anybody on the air about this. I don't. I don't think um, with uh, a haunted Jewish wine cabinet that's supposed to be extremely uh, uh, dangerous, and I was. Um, yeah, you know, asked to write the book on it, and I, I went and uh, um, stayed uh, stayed a, stayed a night with uh, the, the family that owns it, and uh, slept next to a replica of it up in the guest room. And Yikes. Um, for the next like week, I was just uh, I was effed up. I mean, I was having all sorts of uh, you know prob physical physical problems that were related to this box, you know, weird tastes, uh, in, in, in my mouth, metallic taste, uh, uh, upset stomach, um, my eyes, I couldn't really focus and they, they hurt like hell. And, uh, that bugged me. And, and I, well, and, and I also started smelling certain smells that are associated with the box that I never, ever smell like the smell of lilac. And, oh, weird. Uh, and, and then my, uh, my kindergartner, started experiencing the same stuff and i'm like okay the hell with this <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm done you know if this if this sort of thing is starting to affect me and especially my my kids i'm i'm not i'm not messing with it anymore yeah when it gets when it comes home with you that's when you really have to start thinking about what you're you know well, which is doing. something that I, I i whenever i whenever i give presentations one of the things that uh, uh you know i i say uh, say about this is um you know, I, 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 my wife, because people will ask me, how, how does your, what does your wife think about, about what you do? And I'm like, she's, she's really cool with it. She just doesn't want me to bring my, my work home. And at that point, I brought my work home. I didn't mean to, but it, but it, it, it happened. And, and man, that's, that was it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to write my, my From the Shadows blog every week because I have a lot of fun with that. But, uh, I'm, I'm probably leaning more humor for my books from, from, at least for now. Well, it's good to have a variety like that because, I've been in this field for like eight years, and there's definitely a sort of burnout factor after a while, too, where you feel you get jaded, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. You know what I mean? You get sort of cynical to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, ab ab absolutely. And well, and, and in the field, there's also also a lot of charlatans, people you know, just, 
just in it for themselves, not in yeah. it to actually find out what's going on, which is, you know, one of the things that I like. I, I want to know what's going on. I want to know, you know, uh, about UFOs and ghosts and, and Bigfoot. I want to find answers to all this stuff. And there are a lot of people, uh, I mean, Tom Biscardi, who doesn't want to punch him in the face? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's pe- people, people like that and on, on smaller scales that uh, frustrate the hell out of me. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that for sure. Let me know when the line forms to punch Tom Biscardi. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, get it'll it. be like the movie Airplane when they're when they're <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, slap some sense into the hysterical woman. Yeah, I'll be the guy with the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that's the perfect uh, segue then to wrap it up because you uh, tied it into baseball at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, it was great catching up with you. Uh, we got to get you back on the program. We're thinking about doing sort of like these interviews like this long. Uh, at the end of episodes, maybe, and catch up with people. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Or uh, yeah, just bring you on to, to dig through some of these stories on the blog as well. So there's plenty to talk about, and uh, we got to get you back on the show for sure. Okay, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have, me, have me on. We'll, we'll talk uh, talk some time travel stories. Yeah, I'm very interested in these in this time travel thing you got going on now, so that's definitely something we'll explore for sure. All right, very cool. All right, well, it was good catching up with you, Jason, and uh, have a great springtime. We'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, Mr. Bernal. You too. You're listening to Bernal of America Audio. Continuing onward here with the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special, we are welcoming back our old friend of the program. He's been on since way back in Season 1, and uh, I consider him a good friend of mine as well and it's been too long since we caught up but i'm looking forward to talking about baseball here with him and hopefully getting into the crypto world with him later on in season six talking about of course legendary cryptozoologist lauren coleman he's the man behind the international cryptozoology museum up there in portland maine if you haven't checked it out yet folks you definitely have to make the trip up there and see it and of course he's the author of just a plethora of books if i listed them here we'd we'd be on, on all day, so <laughs> we don't want to do that, but just a ton of books. His newest book is co-authored with Mark A. Hall, and it's called True Giants is Gigantopithecus Still Alive, so hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that later on in Season 6, but of course here tonight we're going to be talking about the upcoming Major League Baseball season, so welcome back to the show, Lauren. It's been too long, and it's great to catch up with you. Good to talk to you, Tim. It's um really was an interesting season last time, and so it'll be good to talk about the possibilities for this coming season. And before we dive into that, let's, you know, let's get a little update. What have you been up to in the last year since we talked to you here on the program folks should be aware of? Oh, wow. Well, I just got back from Point Pleasant. I was down there taping a show for a Canadian discovery. And, oh, I've been to Tennessee, California, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida, just all over oh, wow. the country. And then I'm, I've got five book contracts I'm working on. We're looking to expand the area for the museum next year. So it's just been a quite active year. And like you said, I just uh, finished True Giants, which I was actually able to update right at the end and put in the book that the, uh, that the San Francisco Giants had won the World Series. So that was good timing for the book. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And and yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting season last year, uh, not just for our team, which is of course the Red Sox, but just uh, in general, a strange sort of year. Uh, I was talking about this with Jason Offit, especially the 
the, uh, the the many, many uh, no-hitters and perfect games last year. You just don't see that very often. Right. It's almost as if the umpires really took it to heart, their new zone, and uh, it really tightened it up for the hitters. And it seemed like it was very much it shifted a lot of the balance to the pitchers last year. And it was good to see so many no-hitters. And, and also the, the perfect game that wasn't the perfect game and different quirky things like that. Yeah, yeah, very interesting season. Of course, uh, the Red Sox here in the off season made a lot of big moves. Very excited, and uh, everyone in the area seems really uh, energized this year about the season and looking forward to it. What do you think of the big moves uh, they made? Obviously, the acquisition of uh, Adrian Gonzalez via trade and Carl Crawford, uh, who they signed in free agency. And Bobby James. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, a couple of good uh, relievers, too. Uh, I'm forgetting the other guy, but uh, the guy from Tampa Bay they signed, too. Well, I really think that the Red Sox did win the winner. I think of all of the teams that people are looking at, it's the Red Sox that are the best team. Uh, you know, they've also got back many of their players that were injured, like Ellsbury and Pedroia. And, you know, just all of that adds, adds your team back into fit shape. So they're really much deeper than we could really have ever hoped for. And, uh, you know, Beckett really gets his pitching back into gear. And I see that they did Okajima down to the minor league. So they're, they're making some hard decisions. Uh, they also don't know where Wakefield's going. So for any team that's able to have the luxury that they can't even figure out if Wakefield's going to be on the team or where he's going to be, it's kind of a really stacked team, and, and they're my ultimate pick to win the World Series, of course. Same here. Same here. Yeah. So far, it's looking that way uh, from a lot of folks. So Yeah, but, I, I, go ahead. I think unless there's a bad luck year, they should really do well. I think so. Yeah, I hope so. I'll be interested to see how John Lackey uh, adjusts here to the American League East now that he's had a year under his belt. I think he's going to be sort of like Beckett a little bit, and, and after that first year, hopefully settle into something pretty good. Yeah, I, I just hope he's not our Brad Penny for the year. <laughs> oh, boy. I know. Well, we always have Dice K to worry about, so. <laughs> That's true. But uh, he's actually settled down quite a bit during spring training. Yeah, it seems that way. I guess this new pitching coach might have, uh, might have uh, you know, talked some sense into him or given him some, some new uh, advice or something like that because it sounds like he's, he's sort of uh, changed his style a little bit. Right, right, definitely. And now that John Farrell's up there in Toronto, you know, they'll they'll at least have good pitching with the Blue Jays, but not much else. I know, yeah. Well, it'll be an interesting division in general because, uh, you know, the, the, the Orioles are they're kind of plucky this year, especially with uh, Showalter, and, and, you know, they have a little bit of attitude now. So, you know, I feel like maybe they're not going to be contenders or anything like that, but they'll be kind of a thorn in the side of the Red Sox, sort of like the Rays were uh, before they became good, I think. Yeah, well, he's already bragging way beyond. He kept saying that every time that they met the Red Sox, they won. And if you look at his record with the Red Sox versus Orioles, it was 3-3 three and three at the end of the season. Exactly, so yeah. He, he's just mostly hot air, but at least that's what his team needs to So he's redoing the culture of the team, and they don't really see themselves as losers anymore. Exactly, yeah, that's that's what... You know, I think that's what they've needed for a while now. So if only some of these other teams, like the Royals and the Pirates, could <laughs> get a turnaround oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. You mean the Pirates are still playing? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was putting out my, you know, doing all my lists. I accidentally left the Pirates off. It was like, what a what an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, for the Royals, I think they're really kind of a, 
a team of the future. They're a really young, good team, really solid. It's just a a matter of, of it's a cultural thing again. That the Royal used to be a wonderful baseball town and all of that, and they need to like believe in themselves again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. We have a. Uh... We have Jason Offit on the special, and he's he's a he's a Royals fan. So he used to work at the stadium there, and he tells stories about how great they were back in the day. And just must be so depressing if you're a longtime fan just to see them like you know just you know squander or just be so impotent. It's just depressing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's a, a cross, except for the American League East. I kind of had a problem across the the other tops of all of the other divisions because it's a kind of a year where you almost have a feeling that a couple teams could be really close at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to, you know, I almost have a a favorite pick and then a kind of a magical pick sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I found myself the same way. I actually haven't settled in on, on my picks fully yet. I'm probably going to have them posted in a couple of days or maybe uh, later on tonight or something like that. But yeah, there's a couple of divisions that I'm still really, unsure about especially that uh national league central i just don't know who's going to come out of that one and the national yeah well i've got a pretty good pick there but i've got also the my hope for pick which i know won't happen but but i was supposed to have picks today oh oh that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'll be fun to go over those with you well it's always interesting too because uh there's always that team that comes out of nowhere like last year was the cincinnati reds i mean I was kind of bullish on them like two years ago, but then then they actually managed to get it together. So you just never know who's going to be that team that ends up in the playoffs or or in contention. Well, even the Giants, even the Giants, I think they really surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I was really uh, that that was the great thing yeah. about the uh, about the playoffs this year too. It was like, I mean, I knew the Rangers were pretty good, but they just turned it on in October and it was like yeah. who thought the Rangers were going to go to the World Series I mean come on that was that came out of nowhere too it was quite a weird matchup uh, for, oh, the, for the whole thing what's that <laughs> no I'm just kidding <laughs> they were so forgettable once they got there though that's true yeah yeah well it seems but to be like a certain like the Cardinals playing the Red Sox you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah some of those teams just fade quickly yeah well it's like that happy to be there sort of uh situation where they're like yeah we made it and it's like right. you still gotta finish man you still gotta go all the way right you see that with uh sort of like you know like the rays a few years ago the tigers too seems to happen to uh, a lot of teams in these situations what do you think the future is for some of these guys on the red Sox that are sort of on the bubble especially uh Pavelbon. that seems to be a big talking point that you know they brought in these other relievers and they're sort of I think Dan Wheeler was the one I was trying to think of that they got in from the Rays, and, and uh, obviously Bobby Jenks is sort of, sort of like the insurance policy, if you will, uh, if something goes goes wrong with Pavelbon. But I, I get the feeling, based on his sort of general attitude, that that I think he's going to leave. I don't think he'll be part of the Red Sox after the season. Yeah, I think that they really have been grooming Bard, you know, Daniel Bard, mm-hmm. and they're going to see if he can do some of those closer roles occasionally when Papelbaum's tired and and certainly Bob Jinks is, is there as a eighth inning, seventh inning guy and, and can also be a closer. So they've got all kinds of insurance this year because too many of the games got to be kind of besides the whole team being injured, yeah. I think that middle of relief was really weak last year. So they're really looking to and then Papelbaum, I mean, he had a really good record. It's just that the games that 
he was supposed to close and he blew really were kind of important games. So that really hurts in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And it crushes the morale of the team when they're already kind of limping along. So so that's was intriguing. I, I never told you the story that uh, last last year, like uh, around late August, I actually was part of like some kind of focus group that was put on by the Red Sox. Oh, really? Yeah. So they must have been really sort of. Uh, well, I know the ratings took a huge hit last year, so I think yeah. they were trying to get to the bottom of of what people wanted them to do. So yeah. I encourage them to spend. So maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they listen to you. Yeah. And also, I mean, since my uh, you know, my son Malcolm actually works as an associate producer at Nesson, and it was kind of a boost to them to get Peter Gammons in. Oh yeah. And, and that really, um, I think that they they thought on both sides of the screen, you know, they needed to kind of jack up some of what was going on, especially. You can see some of these people leaving and going from broadcasting to managing. Then you really know that uh, that you've got to make sure you you still have some good color, you know, color people like Millard and stuff like that coming in occasionally. Yeah. But definitely, I think they needed to really spend money to keep the fans because if they didn't do that, they were going to have a, a beginning empty. Stadium, and that's that's not happened in so many years with the Red Sox. And I think they really reinforced that that they were really there to to put some people in the uniforms that were really going to be good. Yeah, yeah, it reminded me sort of of uh, of the off season when they went out and got Dice Gay. It was sort right. of like you know, hey, we're willing to spend, we're willing to give it a shot here and spend for the best player. So exactly. So you want to go over my picks? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's get into the picks here. So I, I well, I, I'm going to assume you have the Red Sox, but I'll let you uh, say it here. You got for the American League East. Who's your pick? Well, for the American League East, definitely the Red Sox. I think they've really picked up some good people. There you go. <laughs> and, and then I uh, I'm picking for the wild card. Maybe not a big surprise is the Yankees. Okay. I I do think the Yankees just have the culture of winning. Uh, they're not afraid to spend money. And even though they look, I think they look pretty weak right now, uh, they basically still have a very good bullpen. And, uh, you know, up and down. I think A.J. Burnett is is such a disaster in the middle of the rot- rotation that they're going to have to do something. If he doesn't make it in the beginning, they're going to do something about moving him and replacing him, especially since they lost Pettit. Yeah. So I'm going with the Red Sox. As the winner, and then the Yankees is the the wild card okay. for the Central. Now, here's where, right off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Twins. Okay. But I think that uh, the White Sox are going to surprise everybody, and I almost picked the White Sox. I know that it's almost a three-team race between the Twins, the White Sox, and uh, the Tigers. The Tigers. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, the Twins. Then in the West, uh, I'm seeing Texas repeating here. I just see the West is is so weak, so very, very weak, uh, that uh, the Angels are kind of not doing well. The Mariners, they're almost becoming a minor league team again. Yeah. Um, the A's are pretty strong, and they have some glimmerings there that they could really compete at the end, but I'm going to go with Texas. 
That's a safe. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much uh, in agreement with you there on the west. It's just too. It's a wasteland. It's just right. yeah, and 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 you know the A's were trying to sign big names, and nobody would even go there. So it's like they're they're you know they're on the precipice of of irrelevancy or something like that, which is too bad because they do have a lot of good pitching. So if they yeah. could just sort of get it, you know, if they could get the the confidence from other from other players to come in there, they they could probably turn it around. But we'll see. So I'm going to start out in the West with the National League. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting the Giants to repeat, but I think with the upcoming earthquake they're going to experience in the next <laughs> few months, it's going to really shake them up. So, and that's going to disrupt the whole San Francisco area. So I'm throwing a little 40 in prediction in there for you. All right, nice. But, and, but I think the winner of the West is going to be the Rockies. Okay. So it's going to be a big surprise. Sorry, uh, Greg Bishop. The Dodgers are not going to make it again. And, <laughs> And the Padres are just—I mean—they're really—they're—they're—they're they're, they're really faltering. Yeah. They—they they cleaned house. They just got rid of a lot of salary, and that was really sad. And I do want to say about Texas. I'm really—it is interesting that got Beltre. I think that's really going to increase their—you know—do do good things. They did get Beltre, right? Yeah. Not right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so for the National League Central. Everybody's expecting the Cardinals, but I think what's going to happen with the Cardinals is they're going to have a bad luck year of lots of injuries. So for a while, I was thinking the Cubs because they got Garza and they got Carlos Pena, which is going to be a good team. But the pick that I'm going to see for the Central is going to be the Brewers. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the teams that's sort of on my on my radar here. As I as I said, uh. I'm still sort of struggling with that central division, so you, we're we're sort of in the same line of uh, thinking there. Yeah, and then National League East, uh, I I have no doubt. I think it's going to be the Phillies. Yeah. You know, the Phillies is is obviously if they're not the leader there, they're going to be the wild card. But I'm going to pick the Phillies. I think the move to get Cliff Lee was just a coup. I mean, it was one of the smartest baseball moves, except for all the ones that the Red Sox did. Uh, just to steal him away from the Yankees was a great, great move. Yeah. Um, the Mets are a mess. The Nats um, are a very young team. Sure, they got Jason Worth, but I think they're really up-and-coming team with all of that young talent that they got in. And the Marlins, in many ways, are still kind of young, and they kind of come and go. The wild-card team, I think, will be the Braves. Okay, yep, yep. So, So I think... They all seem to be no-brainers except for some of those central ones. The central is, you know, central is kind of weak, uh, and, and the West is not too strong either. But it seems like the the talent in both the National League and American League West seems clear, whereas in both the central divisions uh, for American and National, it could be one of six teams. You know, exactly. One of, I mean. Two of six teams for each of those, and it's just much more confusing for me. But those are my picks. And All right. I'll go with them. And then, of course, the World Series is going to be the Phillies versus the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are going to win. All right. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> You're not going to hear any complaints from me on that one. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun. I think uh, the Braves will come back. You know, Bobby Cox is gone, but... Uh, this guy, actually, that's their new manager, was the manager here of the Portland Sea Dogs, and he was a pretty good guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he was uh, he was managing the Marlins for a while too, I think, and and uh, 
But they were right. doing pretty well too there. So he sounds like he's a good he's a good manager. Right, and he's you know bilingual, and that's very important nowadays with so many Hispanic players on teams, and and that really. You know, a manager shouldn't be uh, a player manager anymore, but he certainly should be able to understand his players and and communicate with them. Uh, I think that's one of Terry, you know, Terry Francota's high points with the Red Sox is he really seems to to be able to joke around but also manage well. We, we were talking a little bit about the bubble players. What about Ortiz? Is this his last year? You think with the uh, with the Sox? I think they're going to have to really look at that. I think definitely uh, his slow starts in the spring really put him in a hole, and uh, he needs to either sharpen up around that. I mean, he's getting to be an old man, you know, for baseball. Uh, I don't know about the weight problem, but it seems like every time you turn around, there's there's some tweak that he's the hand or yeah. the, you know something like that. So they're going to have to look at that and. They're really going to have to look to the future to see if they can get somebody. I mean, I, 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 in many ways, was really sorry to see Victor Martinez go. I thought he was a great match with the team, good catcher, and a possibility for their DH in the future and to, to really let him go. I, I know that they, you know, they had Veritech as their mentor catcher. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can deal with this guy with the longest name in baseball. <laughs> salty? <laughs> yeah, salty. Because, you know, one of his psychological problems, of course, was he couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that that movie, you know, the Major League movie or something, or, you know, those, that problem that you see in the movies actually is real. And, uh, he, you know, he, he, he could be a very good uh, – defensive catcher and a good batter but he's got to really prove himself i i almost feel like he's a rookie yeah yeah he sort of had a, he's got like this new lease on on life here but he's got to prove himself with the red Sox, and it might be his last right. chance uh you know before he ends up on some other team that is irrelevant like we said right well you know if, if uh, ortiz goes down the drain i i understand this guy barry bonds may be looking for a job <laughs> He stays out of jail. <laughs> you know, you do wonder about some of these guys that are really strong and they kind of go out and then they – it was amazing to hear that uh, Kevin Millar actually retired. I thought he already retired last year. And, but, uh, you know, some of the guys that are, are a possible DH hitters of the future are probably out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of these other guys like uh, Vlad Guerrero and – Hideki Matsui and stuff, they, they they had a hard time finding places to, to go. So it seems like the days of the pure DH are almost over. But you never know. It'll, it'll swing around again. So Sure, there's always Chipper Jones. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, well, those are the predictions. We will uh, yeah, those are the predictions. put them in the vault here and, and keep an eye on them over the course of the season. And uh, what's going on with you here uh, throughout 2011? What can people look forward to? You said you got some some book contracts and and possible expansion of the museum. Anything on the horizon that people should keep an eye out for, or or just stay tuned to Crypto Mundo? Yeah, I think stay tuned to Crypto Mundo. I mean, uh, the big Sasquatch Summit is happening in April, and it seems like a lot of possibilities are kind of developing at the last minute because. The money has not been flowing uh, in cryptozoology too well with the economy, so it's almost as if people are doing things right at the last moment. I remember last year I was invited to speak at maybe three or four conferences, 
and they all canceled because uh, people weren't going to conferences. But it seems to be turning around, so uh, uh, it could be a good year for discoveries and expeditions as well. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm excited about uh, Adam Davies' big trip back to Sumatra to, to go after the Orang Pendek. I feel like every time he goes, he gets a little bit closer. So well, That's true, yeah. All right, Lauren. Well, it was great having you uh, back on the show here for the baseball special. And as I said, we got to get you back on. I've been trying to track you down here to get you on uh, for a pure cryptozoological discussion uh, on the show here for a while now. So we're definitely going to have to to make that happen because I've been doing a lot of Bigfoot episodes uh, this year, and, and I feel like I need to talk to the master here because there's so much I want to explore about Bigfoot, and it's been way too long since we had you on the show to uh, to discuss this whole realm of cryptozoology. So hopefully, we can make that happen soon. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, you know, there's lots of fun on radio, and we'll we'll have some fun talking about all those things. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming back to the Big Baseball Special, Lauren. Nice being here, Tim. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next segment here on the BOA Audio Baseball Special for 2011. we got a special guest here for the special this year, and uh, it is the winner of the official BOA Forum Baseball Prediction Contest. And as we sort of have been pushing here on the program and in previous years and at the end of uh, last week's episode and on my Facebook and on the forum and everything, you know, People who get involved and, and put out their picks have the opportunity to win a chance to appear on the subsequent year's baseball special, which is what this man did. And he actually came in third place overall, so it was quite a strong showing for him, and uh, he goes by the moniker League Minimum on the BOA forum, but uh, his real name is Greg. He's allowed us to use it. So congratulations, Greg, on winning the US of E division of the Baseball Prediction Contest, and uh, welcome to BOA Audio. Well, thank you, Tim. It's an honor to be here. Um, I'm still uh, in shock that I was the winner, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, um, come on and uh, introduce the 2011 baseball season. Absolutely. It's great to have you. It's you know I like to have, uh, when I can, have the listeners on and, and showcase them. If, if not in listener feedback, then in these cool opportunities here where uh, you, know, you win the big contest and you're part of uh, BOA Audio history now. You know, you're right up there with Lauren and Rich and Adam and Greg and Paul. So, you know, you're right in the mix now of uh, of the heavy hitters of the of the baseball special. So, I'm in good company. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, why don't you uh, tell people a little bit about you know who is Greg uh, League Minimum? You know, how do you uh, how do you find your way to uh, the BOA land, if you will, and and you know. Who are you, essentially? Give us your bio, your background, as we like to say on the show. Okay. Um, I'm Greg. How I found my way to BOA, uh, I don't really remember. I think <laughs> you were linked. I, I think I found you as a link from someone else, maybe uh, um, Jack Sarfati. Oh, yeah, okay. One of your uh, programs. And so I, uh, I found it and <clears throat> yeah, downloaded the podcast. It's a nice way to pass the time uh, at work sometimes sitting in front of a computer and you you, you got some interesting guests on uh, I, I really appreciate it when you have Rich Dolan he always gives you a good show um, I'm an engineer I've had the opportunity to be in Atlanta for about 20 years I'm a transplanted New Englander though my heart is with the Red Sox 
but I've been watching the Braves in person for 20 years. So I've oh, wow. been able to follow both teams. Wow, 20 years. That's pretty awesome, then. So you've been there for, like, the whole legacy, pretty much. Yeah, I got here just as the Braves uh, started to win division titles, and I had the pleasure of seeing Blavin and Smoltz and Maddox play all through their years in Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be a long time uh, before three pitchers that caliber end up on the same staff for that length of time again. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what the Phillies are trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. It's funny you should say that because uh, Glavin grew up in the town next to mine, and my dad coached him uh, in Little League for a while or Babe Ruth or something like that. So we're, we're big Glavin fans here in the Banal House. Bill Ricca. That's right. Yep. There was another uh, Braves. Well, a couple, Braves have a, a, a few Massachusetts pitchers in their history. Mark Wollers, they're closing their early 90s. He was from Holyoke. And Pete Smith, uh, he was from somewhere in eastern Massachusetts, I used to work with a girl who dated him in high school. He's from actually my hometown. He's from Burlington. Oh, he's from Burlington. Okay. Yep. yep. So I think my dad might have coached him too. So we're uh, yeah, we're big Pete Smith fans also. So okay. surprised you mentioned that. Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, he's been out of baseball for well a while. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so you're so you're like a transplanted Red Sox fan. Are you excited about the team this year? Looks like they're uh, in really good shape. A lot of people are really bullish about them uh, here for 2011. I don't see how you can't be excited. Whether you agree with their methods, they went out and they got quite a bit of talent, plugged some holes, and uh, for once, their main rival, the Yankees, didn't really go out and do the same. Uh, so the Yankees are either going to plateau. Uh, they, they didn't make any great steps forward, and it kind of left the door open for the Red Sox to take the division if they can stay healthy and um, if their pitching holds up. The rotation had some question marks last year. Beckett didn't pitch as well as uh, uh, everybody had hoped, and Lackey was a bit of a disappointment in his uh, first season as a Red Sox. Uh, I think Lackey is going to right his ship uh, and get used to pitching in the AL East. Beckett, I don't know. I don't know if we're seeing a pitcher begin to be on the decline or if he's just as inconsistent as his career would suggest. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a wild card for sure. He'll be one to watch. Yeah, sometimes he's really good and sometimes he's frustrating, uh, frustratingly bad. So we'll, we'll see. And he's getting older. He's surprisingly getting older. You think he's still kind of young, but he's actually not, not that young anymore. So. He started pitching uh, at a young age. He was in the major leagues at, what, 22, 23? Something like that, yeah, yeah. I think he's been in the majors for like eight years maybe now. He's been with the Red Sox. I think this is like his fourth season, maybe his fifth. So He's been yeah, around he a while. Mar- he was with that uh, 2003 Marlins team that won the World Series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I think he might have been a rookie that year or it was his second year or something like that. So he's definitely been around mm-hmm. for about eight years or so. So, you know, that, that's some wear and tear on you. Now, what's the mood like down in Atlanta here? Uh, the Bobby Cox era is over. You guys got the new manager there. It's, and a lot of people are excited about the, the Braves this year. There's a lot of people are saying that, you know, even though the Phillies are sort of like the powerhouse team of the division, the, uh, you know, the Braves could give them a run for their money, uh, you know, across the board. So, so it seems like they're, they're in pretty good shape. But, you know, you're right down there in, in the heart of Hotlanta. So what's the mood? I think that the, uh, well, the mood here, um, guardedly optimistic. Um, 
there hasn't been the buzz about the Braves in a few years, and uh, there's not that palpable excitement in Atlanta for the 2011 team that you might be seeing in Boston for the Red Sox team this year. But the Braves are going to start to sell more tickets, and you won't see those empty seats like you did before. Um, Philadelphia, of course, is the team to beat in the NL East, but they have those significant injuries to start the season. Chase Utley's out for, for a bunch of, um, probably a couple of months. Uh, this is an opportunity for the Braves to strike early. If they can get out in first place uh, by mid-May, they might have a pennant race uh, for the division title. Otherwise, uh, they might just be looking at grabbing another wild card. Yeah. But, uh, the Braves, there's a, um, Braves are interesting because they, they're working with a couple more rookies. Last year, Jason Hayward was the big name, uh, and he had a good, solid rookie season, but not the season that people expect a guy like him to have. You look at him, he just, he looks like a ball player. And this might be a year he just breaks out and, and hits 30 home runs and, and hits 300. But the Braves now are working with a um, rookie first baseman, Freddie Freeman, and they just named uh, Brian Beachy, uh, a rookie pitcher, as their fifth starter. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. See, that's like a whole different uh, world here from the Red Sox where they got, you know, Dice K as the fifth starter, and Lackey's like the fourth starter. Well, not, I don't know, they rearranged the rotation, but in, in most people's eyes, he's sort of like the fourth starter or, or so. So it's like, geez. Oh, I kind of miss the old uh, the old Red Sox Braves interleague games. That used to be like the the natural rivalry that they always played up. But it seems like in the last few years they've switched that over to to the Red Sox and the Phillies. I noticed that, and it disappoints me also because I used to be guaranteed to see the Red Sox here in Atlanta. Uh, I don't have that anymore, um, so it's unfortunate. I guess they're they're just on rotation now with whatever division. The uh, AL East plays for interleague play. I guess we have to wait every three years uh, to get the Red Sox back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I suppose that was all driven by the move of Montreal to Washington. And so Washington became the uh, Baltimore's natural rival instead of Philadelphia and uh, freed up Philadelphia to oh. pair up the Red yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I never even thought of that. But yeah, that, I mean, that is what happened because uh, that's about when all that went down, too, around that, that time. So, Right. The, the Red Sox and Braves went from having home and away series to just home or away, and now it's um, even more infrequent. Yeah, yeah. I think they're playing the Cubs this year for the home and away series. No, no, no. They're not. Yeah, they're not going to Wrigley, so I don't know who the. Oh, it's the Phillies again. Yeah, it's the Phillies, so. Yeah. Which I don't like as a Red Sox fan because you see some of these other inter- interleague, yeah, see some of these other interleague games, and it's like some teams get to play like the worst teams <laughs> out there. It's like how did you know how did the Yankees yeah, end up getting to play the Pirates and and you know and and the, and the Astros or something like that? It's like this is ridiculous. St. Louis gets to beat up on KC. Yeah. <laughs> They need to, like, make it – I think they should do some kind of, like, where it's weighted or something like that, you know, where the two best teams in the – in the you know, the teams with the two best records in the East – I mean, in the uh, National League and the American League, they play each other, you know, and you just go down the line like that. It'd be kind of neat if they did that or something along those lines. At least if it made sense. That would really what what, <laughs> what I would like if it, if it made some sense, but 
it doesn't make sense because it's driven by the um, those three cities that that have a pair of teams. Yeah. Want to make sure that the Yankees play the Mets and the Cubs play the White Sox and the Angels play the Dodgers. Everything else is secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Seems that way. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we dive into the picks here and uh, we'll get your predictions for the 2011 postseason. And as we've noted here, you'll be in the mix now amongst the uh, the other players here in the audio special. So uh, you're you know you have the chance to win the big championship here. So I'm excited for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll start with the American League East. Who do you got? American League East. Um, both a obvious sentimental pick and apparently the consensus pick from all the experts. Boston Red Sox made the most noise in the off season. Um, Deep lineup, their rotation goes one to five. Need to remain injury free, but you could say that about any team. I'll go with Boston. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking about this with Lauren. Seems like it's going to be a slightly tougher division than even it has been in a while in the AL East. So hopefully uh, they'll do all right. But I feel like the Orioles are going to be this plucky pain in the ass all season, and you know, you know you can't count out the Rays. And I presume that. The uh, the, the uh, Blue Jays are going to have some improvement with the new manager, so it'll be a tough division again this year. I really hope that the Orioles do make some noise, in spite of Buck Showalter and his comments uh, earlier this spring training. They they really need a little bit of excitement down in Baltimore. Uh, it's a proud baseball city, and uh, their management hasn't treated that team very well in the last 15 years. I definitely agree with that. All right, the AL Central, who you got? I will go with the Chicago White Sox. You could go with the White Sox. You could go with Minnesota. Minnesota always in, seems to end up with the division title every year or every other year. They did that last year and, of course, very predictably went out quietly in the uh, postseason. Maybe it's time for them to step aside and go with the White Sox and uh, Ozzie Guillen and uh, Ozzie Guillen's mouth and <laughs> them to a division title. I'm hearing he might be on the hot seat, so I, th- I bet if they don't get off to a to a good start, I could I could imagine he him him getting the boot. So we'll see yeah. though. Yeah, he, he could be manager of the year, or he could be the first manager fired. Yeah, yeah. It's always that seems to be the case with him a lot with his with his antics. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, the American League West. Who you got? American League West. Texas was the surprise last year, making it to the World Series. Uh, they don't have Cliff Lee anymore. And Oakland, uh, after a drought of a few years, seems to have put together a fairly solid starting rotation. The other two teams in the West don't see a lot of uh, contention coming out of uh, Anaheim or Seattle, Los Angeles, whatever they call them now. I'm going <laughs> to go with Oakland. Nice, Oakland, okay. Little dark horse candidate here, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I agree with you though. They're sort of uh they're sort of hovering right right on the cusp right now, so I think they'll be uh a dark horse contender for sure. If they can find a way to score some runs. Yeah. Yeah. Well they have Hideki Matsui now, so maybe he'll be able to generate something for them. The AL wild card, who you got? AL wild card uh, the safe pick is the Yankees. Uh the Yankees could go either way. They they have a huge, huge hole in the rotation. They're going with a rookie, and they're going with uh, a, a bunch of um, has-beens and retreads and guys with their arms hanging on by a thread. 
but they were in the same situation in 2005, and they found guys like Sean Chacon, and inexplicably, somehow that franchise finds a way to get it done. Yeah. But if their magic uh, fails to materialize this year, they could sink to third or fourth place. For the time being, I'll go with their experience, uh, and I'll pick the Yankees for the wild card. All right, all right. It's a safe bet, I think, but like you said, it could go either way with them this year. It'll be interesting to watch how, how they turn out. Yeah, their pitching is going to be uh, a roller coaster. Yeah, that's for sure. But you never know with them. They could, if they're in like third or fourth place uh, by the trade deadline, next thing you know, they're selling off a whole bunch of stuff and they've got Felix Hernandez or something crazy like that. And then it's like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> at least that's how we yeah, react. <laughs> exactly. And and they, uh, they're they very good at uh, working deals at the trade deadline. So Yeah. Uh, don't count them out. Absolutely. Um, all right, now in the National League, for the National League East, who you got? National League East, a week in Philadelphia is still going to win the East Division title. Philadelphia lost Jason Worth. Uh, as I mentioned before, they're, they're beginning the season with injuries, but uh, they have put together a pitching staff to behold. So if they win a lot of 3-2 games and 2 nothing games, those are still wins. Yep. They are the team to beat until further notice. I think so, too. Yeah, well, they just lost their closer, too, for, like, the next six weeks. So we'll see if that has much of an effect on on them. And they, you know, like you were saying about the uh, the Braves, they may they may get off to a rough start here at the beginning of uh, the season. But we'll see. We'll see. I think uh, that pitching staff is, is, is pretty marvelous. So in the National League Central, who you got? National League Central, I'm, I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. I think I picked them last year. Of course, they didn't win. Somehow, they, they've got to break through. And, and uh, they had their wild card a couple of years ago, um, their first postseason appearance in years for that city. They're due for another one. Cincinnati was the surprise last year. They have a lot of young players. They're certainly the team of the future, but they may take a step back this year. You've got the other veteran teams like the Cubs and St. Louis. St. Louis is just aging, and the Cubs always disappoint everyone except their fans because their fans don't seem to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as they're there and having a good time, they don't really – I think they're over uh, – well, I don't know. They'll ever get over trying to win the World Series, but I feel like yeah, – they just take it one game at a time. Right, right. Well, they're at Wrigley. They're happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it must be disappointing because they got so close like uh, a few years – you know, three, and then, you know, they they had, like, the best record of the National League a couple of years ago and just got bounced, like, in the first round. It was like a sweep. It was awful. It was awful. Oh, oh the most recent one. Yeah, they, they didn't show any fire there either. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to miss Sweet Lou Pinella, too. He was my favorite uh, of the managers out there, so. You can't get more, much more animated than Lou. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, there's not too many old-school guys left, he, and, you know, until all this Buck Showalter – madness happened a few weeks ago. I was, you know, I was pretty pro uh, Buck Showalter. I still kind of am. I mean, you know, I think he was probably just talking shit and didn't realize it was going to end up in the article. You know what I mean? Right. And he was talking to a, a non-baseball writer. Uh, he probably let his guard down more than if he'd been around the uh, the newspaper reporters. Yeah. Um, all right. The National League West. Uh, Colorado. Okay. Let's go with Colorado. San Francisco. World Series winner, um, a very lucky World Series winner. I, I have the feeling that Colorado has the talent to win the West. Gosh, Ubaldo Jimenez is a great number one starter. And uh, gut feeling, going with Colorado. All right, sounds good. 
And uh, the NL wild card. NL wild card. You, you, you can't discount the World Series champions, so they'll be there in the postseason, San Francisco. All right, all right. So, so no playoff run for the Braves here, you, you think? Uh, it came down to the Braves or San Francisco. I just thought San Francisco uh, was going to be hungry to get back. The Braves have some question marks. The Braves, they could put it all together and prove me wrong, and I'd welcome that. It'll make a fun summer in Atlanta. Uh, but for this contest, I got a feeling about San Francisco. There you go. Yeah, you got to go with your, got to go with your gut rather than your heart sometimes here in the contest. Uh, all right. So the American League champs, who you got? Boston. Nice. Why, uh, yeah, why mess with a good thing? Everyone's picking Boston. They're the team I want to be there. Uh, we'll go with uh, the Red Sox. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And uh, the National League champs? I'm going to continue to be boring and, and pick the obvious chalk choice, and that'd be Philadelphia. There you go, yeah. It seems like it's been that way across the board. I, I don't think I've had anybody yet pick uh, anybody but Philly, so... We're all going to be hurting bad if uh, <laughs> right. either uh, win together or uh, sink as a team. Yeah, well, that's how, I think that's what happened last year because uh, all the numbers were really down, and, and uh, it was like Phillies across the board pretty much. So you know, we, all, we all got screwed when the, when the Giants won. So that's, no what's, that's what seems to happen. Uh, and for the World Series champs, who you got? Let's go with Boston again. Nice, nice. They seem to put it together when they bring the first year. They bring a lot of new names onto the team. Two thousand four, uh, two thousand seven, and let's say the same for two thousand eleven. I think so. Yeah, yeah. They really uh, strengthened all the parts that were in bad shape. You know the uh, the hitting, and they're getting a lot of guys back, like uh, Ellsbury. I mean, they didn't even have him last season. I think he played like in eight games. So. Yeah, eight. Team, some minimal amount. Yeah, Euclid being out, Pedroia. I mean, that, those two are the heart and soul of the team. It, it was rough. It, it was amazing that they won as many games as they did, starting guys like Bill Hall and Darnell McDonald uh, for over half the season. Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird season. I mean, it was kind of fun to watch because you like to see the young guys and stuff, but at the same time, it was frustrating because you, you knew that every time they were putting out this team on the field, that it, they weren't putting out their best team. So. Because they couldn't, because everybody was injured. So it was very uh, frustrating. That's why 2011 is redemption. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, on that note, uh, what do you have coming up? What can people look forward to from uh, League Minimum? I'm just doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, I I guess I'll keep doing the same thing I've been doing. Um, uh, I'll I'll be out there. I'll appear on the uh, USFE boards. Um, I'll put these picks down. Uh, on the message board as well. Nice. Uh, so there's a written record. And uh, we'll be uh, tuning into your podcast when the new ones come out. Awesome, awesome. Well, Greg, thank you very much for agreeing to come on the show. I was worried uh, when we made the the announcement last year that the winner would have the opportunity to come on the show. I was afraid that, uh, <laughs> that nobody would want to. So it's 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 been a good turn of events that, that you agreed to come on. And I really appreciate it. You did a great job. So hopefully... Uh, well, I don't want to say hopefully because I, don't, I have to be impartial, but I wish you the best of luck in the contest, and uh, perhaps we'll be hearing from you next year on the special as well. Very good. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Tim. And, uh, by the way, good luck out there to Mystery Man with your picks, too. Uh, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs>
You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, continuing onward here on the BOA Audio Baseball Special for 2011, we're welcoming the crackpot historian himself, Adam Go-Rightly, who's... Uh, hometown team i guess you could say i don't know if it's exactly his hometown team but it's his uh it's his team essentially the san francisco giants they won the whole thing last year so he is uh still basking <laughs> i love it congratulations yeah fuck all that intro congratulations sir you uh you know your team is Thanks, the champions I, I posted on uh, facebook uh you see here you know, one of my, uh, like, what do you call it, pages you belong to are the official site of the San Francisco Giants. And they put up a post about the uh, first game, and I posted, through the sheer force of my personality, I willed the 2010 Giants to glory. It was me. Wow. I helped I helped them get over the hump. Wow. You know, focus, passion, and energy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you document this at all, or is this uh, is this from the realm of Sean David Morton here? The psychic uh, power, the will to power. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so you guys must be pretty psyched out there that uh, that you've won the championship. Do you think they're going to repeat this year? Not to jump to predictions, but, you know, that's obviously the big question everybody asks. Well, that's a long shot, man. But they do, uh, going into this season, they have a better team. So yeah, that's a possibility. All right. A lot of a lot of things got to happen, you know. They got to get lucky and get on a roll and all that stuff. But they definitely have more uh, firepower, more run production this year. So I yeah, I I predict them. Well, we won't get into the predictions yet, or will we? No, not yet. Not yet. This has got you written all over it. The Mets stayed in a Pittsburgh hotel that also hosted a convention of people dressed up as furry creatures. Oh, no. Is this Wilbon's worst nightmare? No, it's worse than my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare is mascots. <laughs> Look at that. But you know what? Mascots get paid. These people paid to stay in a hotel and, and look like animals? What, what are they let thinking, me, Bobby? All right, let me tell you something. This is what, here's, here's the real story here. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. In 40 years' worth of being on the road, traveling around this great land of ours, checking into countless hotels of all stripes, here's what I've learned. There's a frightening amount of subcultures out there, Mike, and they all have conventions. <laughs> yeah, but you've never and seen I these people. I the to understand one thing. I've never seen them. Stay away from me. That, thank you very much. So when did you actually believe that they might win the championship? It's kind of interesting, uh, you know, perspective, because I think you're one of the few, well, yeah, well, Rich Dolan and uh, some other people had called the Yankees the previous year, but, you know, what's, you know, they always think they're going to win the championship. What I mean here is, like, what did you, at what point were you like, holy shit, they might actually win this thing? Uh, it was pretty late going in, uh, I think it was, like, in August. They were six and a half games back, maybe more of the Padres, and it's like, shit, yeah, you know, these guys got a great pitching staff, but they couldn't beat the Padres. At one time, the the record against the Padres, they had like one win out of oh, wow. ten, 10 games. <laughs> the Padres had their number, you know, and so I went out of the country to South America in mid-August, and they were six and a half behind. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of wrote him off. <laughs> you left the country I, even. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I had enough. And so I wasn't even paying attention. I was doing other things for about a week and a half. And I got on the Internet one day. I go, shit, let me check out the uh, standings, see what's going on here. And it's like, holy crap, They're, they almost caught up with them. The Padres, during that period, I wasn't paying attention. The Padres lost like 10 games in a row. <laughs> and he, he believes, you know, sometimes it's like uh, whatever. He gets superstitious. Maybe I shouldn't even pay attention for a while, you know. And that's, yeah. that's what gave him the impetus to make that uh, – come back so that's how with the sheer force of my will i uh they caught up with the uh padres and hell it came down to the final game of the season yeah and, uh, it, it was never easy with the team and they they have a um, part of the crew that uh, does their games on uh, the radio or i think they're two of the best dudes in the country is uh Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper. I don't know if you know those guys. They're former players. They're really good. And <laughs> it was one of those games towards the end of the season. They came up with the tagline. It was the Giants against, I think it might have been the uh, Padres. And it was one of those games, ninth, ninth inning, bases loaded. Adrian Gonzalez was up. There was two outs. You know, it was an important game. Brian Wilson was up there. Got two strikes on him. And then three balls, and it was like uh, one of those battles where Adrian Gonzalez <laughs> fouled it off about 30 times. <laughs> yeah. You're just dying die listening to it, and that's when uh, Kruke came up with the tagline after the game was over. He goes, Giants baseball, torture! <laughs> <laughs> and so, shit, I, you know, I knew they had a good team, but I think... Um, in that Philadelphia series, I knew, yeah, these these guys got some mojo going going now, and they're confident, and everybody seems to be clicking. So yeah, it was <laughs> in the uh, division, uh, you know, series that uh, or the, the pennant uh, series that I felt, yeah, they got a good chance of doing this. Now, did you attend the parade, or were you still in Maine at that time? After going to that uh, frickin', uh thing we did in Salem. <laughs> you want to deal with that many damn people? I'm a, I'm a couple hours away, but I ain't, I'll be damned if I'm going into San Francisco. <laughs> I don't even know. They must have had half a million people on the streets, maybe more. That's insane. Would have been like Salem all yeah. over again for you. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't need that. But I am um, this year, going to my first game at AT&T, we got tickets for July 18th against Greg Bishop's Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, nice. That's the first game I've been to that parking. I used to go to Candlestick back in the day. So, yeah, looking forward to it. As a hated rival of the Dodgers, you must really uh, be rubbing it in. You must really be happy to see the uh, Dodgers fans pretty upset that you guys have won. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> what what else can you say? <laughs> you know that guy Chris R Russo Russo. Vaguely, I think. Yeah, the the, the sportscaster. He's, he's an e something like yeah, that. he's an East Coast guy, but he's a Giants fan, and he has this incredibly funny rant he did <laughs> a few years ago. I don't know if you've ever heard it. You got to try to find it. It's probably on the net. Where just going one time, just one time. 
win me a world scene. He goes on this crazy rant. Well, he finally got his uh, one time. There is kind of a, um, I hear a uh, group of uh, hardcore San Francisco Giant fans back on the East Coast. In fact, there's a uh, bar somewhere there in New York where it's dedicated to the Giants. You know, of course, they came from New York, so those ties are still there, but uh, a lot of those old-timer hardcore guys about died off by now. So the team, they make any changes here in the offseason, or are they sticking with the central core? I know Edgar Renteria, did he leave? Yeah, I think he left, right? Yeah, they didn't sign Renteria, but to replace him, they got uh, Tejada, Miguel Tejada. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, he's good. Formerly of uh, the A's and the Orioles. Uh, maybe some, probably more uh, better hitting out of Tejada, even though... Uh, Renneria is a clutch dude. Um, so that was the main thing. But they got uh, the big one of the big stories is Pablo Sandoval has lost like 48 pounds. Oh, wow. Kung Fu Panda? And, is that what did they call him? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. A um, couple years ago, he hit 330. So going into last season, that 330 was his rookie season, but he always kind of had a problem with his weight, and going into last season, he was dialed in as their main hitter in the three-hole there, as they say, but uh, his uh, off-season regimen, you know, they wanted him to lose some weight because that was becoming an issue, but he didn't going into last season, he got a divorce and kind of had a crummy season. He did a little bit in the postseason, but they told him, hey, dude, if you want to stay on the team and have a career, you need to lose some weight because it's becoming an issue. So during the offseason, like I said, he lost <laughs> something like 48 pounds. Oh, looks wow. like a new man, and he's just uh, kicking ass during the uh, uh, Cactus League. So that's going to be an addition there. Then they got this uh, young uh, stud besides Posey. You know, they didn't have Posey starting the season last year. There's another guy called... Brandon Belt, who I think they're going to do what they did with Posey. They won't bring him up immediately, but I, he's in their plans for the future at first base, and he's been tearing it up. He's been the most productive here in spring training, and everybody's raving about this guy. He's like, uh, could be another Posey type. And so I suspect he'll uh, come in at some point in the season, so that's an upgrade there. Then, uh, you know, basically the rest of the, uh, they didn't make any uh, other changes besides that. Didn't lose anybody on the uh, pitching staff, so that's why I'm saying. Yeah, that's big. They got got a stronger team this year, and uh, yeah, they could repeat. It's possible. I mean, it's hard. It's a long shot. You got... Like anything, you got injuries and all that stuff that always play into it, so you never know. Yeah, it's a very long season. It's very long. It's a marathon. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be. I, I was just thinking as you were as you were talking about it and everything. You know, it's just funny how when we first started this special, uh, like four years ago or something like that, we were kind of laughing about how futile the team was and everything. So you know. Things can turn around for any anybody, I guess, uh, in a few years. Yeah, you know, part of it, I always liked uh, Brian Sabian. Yeah. He's the GM there. And he always made, he was known, you know, during the, when they were competing, 
earlier on in the uh, decade, he, he had a magic touch of making late season moves and putting a good team together. He never quite got over the hump with Bonds then. There was some decisions made there in the years they stunk that I, he didn't have a say like the Zito thing. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, former owner, that was kind of his deal. So I think Sabian was just waiting for his uh, time and they changed ownership and, uh, you know, he basically showed what he can do. I think he's one of the best GMs. Did, and they got a hell of a good manager too, I felt, when they got, uh, Bochi, they got a good dude, and that uh, proved to be true. Well, I love the uh, guy who does the TV commentary. He used to do the uh, ESPN ones, but he doesn't do them anymore. It's like a fat little ball guy. Oh, uh, John Miller. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's he's another one of the Giants, I think, have the best broadcasting team with Krupp and Kipe and John Miller's. Uh, <laughs> that guy's tremendous. He's He's famous for if there's a rain delay or something. He's got these incredibly great stories. You don't hear that stuff on the ESPN, you know, it's on yeah. the radio. He's funny as hell on these great stories and does these imitations of, uh, you know, <laughs> different sports uh, people. He's, yeah, he's really good. He's the best. John Miller. He got uh, last year voted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. But he was inducted with, you know, I guess every year they do broadcasters and stuff. Yeah, it's called the Fred Firth or something award for broadcasting. So, you know, all the uh, great ones, and Miller is one of those. I guess they induct one a year. I don't, maybe not even that much, but yep. Very Hall of Famer. Nice. All right, should we uh, dive into predictions? Because we always have. Uh... You always like to break the mold, uh, not just with the predictions, but obviously once we finish talking about about the baseball season, we have to start uh, talking about the basketball <laughs> yeah, yeah. as well. So I'm feeling we're going to end up <laughs> going about five, ten minutes on that too. So let's uh, sure, let, sure. let's let's get into the predictions first. So who do you uh, you start? What's that? We'll we'll start uh, since you're National League. We'll start uh, in the National League East. Who you got? Okay. I've given this a little bit of thought. Yeah, yeah. Before we dive in, is there any, is there any, uh, you know, manifesto this year towards the plan? Uh, no, uh, there's no, uh, you know, past I had like the Costanza method. And, yeah. Uh, then, then one year I picked uh, teams that were in last place. Yeah, and then first place. One about how much and they paid the teams, and you just sort of a yeah, mix last yeah, year that, like that. that. Yeah, that was last year, and that almost worked out for me. Oh yeah, I should mention too. Uh, you've been you've been you know campaigning here to to win some kind of award. I mean, I don't know, just because you're t- <laughs> you didn't even pick the Giants to go all the way. That makes it so much more difficult for me. If you if you had them going all the way, then it would be like, well, he picked the team kind of out of nowhere that went all the way, but. It's like you only took him so far, but I'm thinking some kind of silver slugger type award. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Whatever, I got over that. I just felt, you know, <laughs> if your but, team if your team goes all the way, that uh, should uh, get you something extra points. Yeah, whether you picked them or not. All right. Well, that's what I'm. All right, silver slugger. Then you're gonna get. Well, maybe we'll name it after you as well. So it'll be the Adam Go Rightly silver slugger. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, what what do you have for uh, for this year? Your predictions. Uh, we'll start in the National League East. 
Well, I may be on some of these. I'll be doing a little wacky method. Uh, in the east, I got a feeling it's going to be either Philadelphia or Atlanta. And, you know, everybody thinks Philadelphia, with all the pitching they got, you know, is going to be the team to, uh, the favorite to uh, win the World Series. Of course, they've had this rash of injuries lately, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I feel like there's kind of a, there might be a negative dark cloud over the Phillies. So I'm not sure. It could be Phillies or Atlanta, but I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to do is toss a coin. Oh. And I'll say heads Philly and tails Atlanta, and let's see. Ah, heads Philadelphia. All right. So we'll take the uh, Phillies there in the east. Okay. Um, Interesting methodology this year. It's sort of a, it's sort of like you're going with your gut, but you're also pulling in some kind of metaphysical lifeline. Mm-hmm. I like it. And also playing the odds, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, in the central, uh, I'm going with uh, the Chicago uh, Cubs. All right. Nice. Okay. Don't a don't ask me why. It'll make sense later. <laughs> uh, in the West, I think the wild card's going to come out of the West. Interesting. All right. And I think the two teams there are the Giants and the uh, Colorado Rockies. Okay. The Rockies always seem to have a good team, and they got some, you know, they got some offense there. So, but I'm not. Once again, I'm going to flip the coin. Oh, and heads will heads will win the division, and so I'll say San Francisco heads, or uh, yeah, San Francisco heads and Colorado tails, and we'll see who wins here. Okay, we're going to have Colorado winning the division with the Giants as the wild card. All right, all right. This is spooky. This whole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so the American League East, who you got? Uh, the Red Sox. Seems the popular choice this year, for sure. Yeah, with uh, Carl Crawfish and uh, Adrian Gonzalez, and uh, my sources tell me their pitching staff is pretty good. That's what you said, so yeah. I'll go with uh, the Red Sox. All right, the American League Central. Uh, we're going with the Chicago White Sox. Just because Ozzy again is such a bitchin' dude. All right. Uh, the American League West. Oakland A's. All right. Is there much of a rivalry between Oakland and San Francisco, or is that just sort of a more geographic well, if, rivalry? If the if Oakland starts winning some games, yeah, well, yeah, maybe not really, but you know, people try to <laughs> make you think <laughs> that to sell tickets. They're playing the the. They just had a little uh, series here, spring training series. And so, yeah, it's always uh, fun when those teams play, you know, because it's that Bay Bridge thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I need to, I need to think about this a little bit here, about the wild card. Uh, okay, yeah, let's go with Oakland. And then for the wild card, this is going out on a limb. I'm going to take the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. Wow. Kudos. Every year, isn't it? Somebody comes out of nowhere, so well, somebody's got to get lucky. Why not me? Exactly. Why not now? Why not now? Why not me? 
<laughs> Why not the <laughs> Orioles? Well, that that's that's stunning. I like that. Okay, so all right. Wow. The Baltimore Orioles are going to shock the world. <laughs> all right. Who do you have in the uh, in for the uh, American? Uh, we'll go with National League first. Who do you have in the National League to win the whole thing? Well, this is where we go into the coin toss thing again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have two scenarios for the World Series. One is going to be a Windy City World Series with uh, the Chicago Cubs and the uh, White Sox. That's one scenario. Nice. Or a Bay Bridge Series with the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. Wow. So let's go. Heads will be... uh, the Giants and the A's, and the Tails will be the two Chicago teams. So come on, Giants. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be the Giants and the A's. And the A's. Wow. And, and for the whole thing, who's winning it all? Well, I better go with the Giants, because if I don't pick them this time and they win, then... Uh, You'll be a double Silver Slugger Award winner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, some bold predictions there, but I like it. I like that. I'm impressed. Go out on a limb a little bit, you know. Well, everybody, everybody took Philly to win the National League, so I I ended up taking up uh, the Braves. I decided to go Mm -hmm. out on a limb and kind of like what you did with the Orioles there, back a dark horse to uh, sort of get the magic going at the right time and. I feel like the Phillies are a flawed team, even though they have all the great pitching. Well, check it out. You know, uh, if you if you look at the history of these deals where they bring in these uh, pitchers. Yeah, I saw that stat. Yeah. A lot of times it don't pan out, especially if they're older. If you got a young staff like the uh, the A's, have a pretty good young up and coming staff, and of course the Giants do. When they start getting into their thirties, you know they. Usually, unless they're on steroids like uh, whoever, you know, Clemens or those guys, you know, they have longer careers. But usually by when they get into their 30s, mid-30s, then they're not as productive. Yeah. And so I think that's the Achilles, one of them. And they've had all these rash injuries. They lost uh, Jason Worth. Utley's out now. I don't know if they got that much offense. Yeah, they're spotty. All right. Giants uh, all the way here over Oakland. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. I, get, I had to come up with something. Yeah, okay. Well, now that we have you here, obviously, for the baseball special, it's time for our secret additional conversation, which, of course, revolves around the uh, the NBA and, and the basketball season. We're just about at the start of playoffs and uh, your beloved uh, L.A. Lakers aren't looking too good, pal. Actually, they're kind of on no. fire, aren't they? <laughs> what do you mean secret? Secret? This isn't very secret if we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tucked away in the baseball special, this weird little pocket ah, of basketball you. discussion. Here's, here's my uh, thoughts going into the uh, All-Star break. And uh, before that, I thought... The finals would be the even though the Lakers weren't doing all that great then I thought uh, the finals would be the Celtics and the Lakers again, and I felt the Celtics had a bit of an edge at that time because they had the uh, best record, 
at that time. Yeah. And, uh, but then after that silly trade that Danny Ainge made, <laughs> I'm serious, that tipped the skills, and the uh, Lakers have been kicking ass here recently, so I don't even know if at this point the... I'd have to think if it's going to be the Celtics in the finals. The Bulls are playing pretty damn good. Yeah, the Bulls are playing really well. I think Danny Ainge is, uh, I've never thought much of him as a uh, general manager. I thought he lucked into that whole uh, thing where they got uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah. In, inside deal with uh, Kevin McHale. Before that, I, you know, the Celtics sucked for a couple of years. He was just making all kinds of screwy moves, like he was grasping at straws. Then he got that dropped in his lap. It's like, oh, he's a genius, you know? No, I don't think so. And he sh- I don't know. What do you think about that uh, Kendrick Perkins trade? I'm kind of disappointed in it. And I don't really – these new guys haven't gelled very well with the team. So The, the thing they had uh, where they could hang with the Lakers – you know, by having that inside presence, some guys who were <laughs> mean, rough, and dirty. Yeah. And, uh, and so they lost that. Exactly. So lost uh, quite a bit of that. And you still have uh, Kevin Garnett, but he's he's not quite where he was when they won the championship. The the big debate here is whether they're falling into the same thing they did last year, which is just cruise now into the into the playoffs. Cause that's what everybody said, you know. It was like no one gave him a chance last year, and then they just turned it on the playoffs and went all the way to, you know, very close to winning. Uh, you don't do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you, you kind of – like the Lakers, uh, I mean, they do that too, but going into the playoffs, you want to be uh, clicking on, you know, yeah, all cylinders. Well, we'll see. You know, well, how do you think the Heat are going to do? I don't think they're quite there yet. I don't think they're going to make make it in the finals. It'll be uh, the Celtics or the Bulls. I feel like the the playoffs are very difficult. This the, the one thing I don't like about the NBA sometimes is just that I feel like they should shorten well, the season or something because the the playoffs are so yeah. long. There's a, they call it the second season, and that's true because it's like it's it's yeah it's too long, but it's like. Uh, they're not going to shorten the season. It's all it's all revenue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, with the Heat, the changes in the playoffs. You know, they uh, just the strategies. That's true. The Heat, the Heat can uh, turn it up when they're kind of in an up tempo, uh, open court uh, thing. Those guys can go to work. But when you get into the uh, playoffs with the Lakers and the Celtics, they're going to slow it down. Yeah. And pack it in. Then those guys need to hit uh, shots, and you see what happens. You know, with yeah. uh, LeBron this season, he, he, he you know, he, so they need more. They don't quite have a uh, the inside presence, I think, to uh, go all the way. But who knows? Yeah, they're definitely talented, though I hate them. Well. I was really looking forward to rubbing it in when Celtics were so close to winning uh, and that came seven. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was really looking forward to it. I was watching the game, you know, half, like halftime. I'm like, I'm calling Go Rightly as soon as I get home. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I thought, shit, they had that game in the bag. Yeah, it's all very, uh, well, Perkins, you know, he went down in that game six, and they when they lost him, it just messed everything up. Kind of what's happening now. They need to readjust to, uh, they need Shaq back, really. That's the big problem. Mm-hmm. I think they've been holding him out. That's what I think, too, yeah. Yeah, they're going to bring him back a couple weeks before the playoffs start. Then uh, he'll be ready to go. And he was really good this season, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I have a feeling he might be the spark they need. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know you want to see Sha- Shaq face off against Kobe one time in the finals. Oh, yeah, before. yeah. No, I've been surprised. That guy's amazing for, I think he's like 38. Who would have thunk that he'd even be around and being productive, you know? Maybe he's on uh, roids, too. <laughs> That's possible. I suspect that about the NBA. They don't really ever talk about it, but you'd you think, like, I swear that LeBron James has to be on mm-hmm. steroids. There's been a few uh, players. I mean, for the most part, uh, the way the game is, you don't want to be all buff, you know, buffed yeah. up and muscle-bound. But if you're an inside player, like, the, the guys that have stood out to me maybe on – or maybe Shaq, yeah, he, he's a monster. He was always big, but he got bigger as he got older. Uh, Carl Malone, that guy was chiseled. Yeah. Nobody like Alonzo Mourning, he had uh, kidney problems later in his career, and a lot of people went, ah. Yeah. And, yeah, LeBron, he's a uh, freak. I should have asked so that would, referee about it. I didn't think to ask yeah, about I'd, steroids. I would, I would suspect a uh, low percentage of the players are on something not not like you know baseball was in its heyday or football yeah well we'll see what happens go Riley. we'll see what happens because if it's celtics we'll lakers to. maybe i'll bring you back on the show so we can debate it I uh, will, if the uh if the uh, celtics and the lakers make it into the uh, championship I, I guarantee a Lakers victory, or I will shave my head. <laughs> I was just—I was waiting for that because you wagered, <laughs> you wagered the head shaving, and I accepted, and then you backed out of it. And if you had won, I would have had to shave my head. If you had just stayed in the bed, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I got scared, man. <laughs> I was terrified, but I agreed to it. <laughs> I had a lot to drink for a couple of days, and then I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'll shave my head if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I was so fired up, and then you were like, "No, no, no, you're crazy. What are you, some kind of asshole?" <laughs> well, I started. I started to have doubts, and I didn't want to have to shave my head. <laughs> Chicken out. All right, tell you what. If there's a rematch this year, then we should definitely do a hair match. I'll do it. Well, let's, let's think about it. Right. <laughs> oh, here he goes already. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, I forgot that everyone's listening, so we should uh, wrap it up here. So thanks for. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh wait, what's going? What's going on in Go Rightly World? What? What? You know, what's the latest from you? Books. Uh, I know you're working on a movie, and you got all kinds of stuff cooking. So you know, update folks on yeah. what you've been working on. I do got a lot of stuff. Um, I'm working with a couple different publishers on a whole bunch of book projects, and. Uh, yeah, you all have to wait and uh, see. I don't want to start talking about specifically <laughs> what what they are, you know, because you feel like you will jinx projects. And some of yeah. them, one of the publisher doesn't want me to talk about because it's going to be some pretty unique uh, stuff. Uh, some of it is my own things I've written and other 
some of the projects deal with um, unpublished uh, manuscripts by uh, certain famous authors who have passed on. And so uh, there's like uh, really a num uh, several projects I'm working on. Be pretty interesting uh, stuff. So got that going on. I got uh, my latest uh, book is the Who's Who of the Manson Family, which is kind of a companion volume to The Shadow Over Santa Susanna, mm -hmm. and that's been released first as a Kindle book, but pretty uh, soon here we'll have a uh, hard copy edition. That's through. VGPress.com. Nice. And I, I'm working on a few projects with those guys there. Then uh, the movie projects, there's a couple of them. One um, I've written the soundtrack for. It's called The New Prophet by an Australian filmmaker. It's kind of a sci-fi occult film. The filmmaker's name is Samuel Filder. And uh, the music for that soundtrack is also on a CD I have available called Transmissions from a Dying Planet, which you can get on Amazon, some of my own music. Then uh, also uh, you know, working with Mr. Filter on this uh, documentary, which we uh, filmed uh, towards the end of last year out in uh, uh, California, Southern California, and some of it on the central coast of California with a whole host of different paranormal researchers, conspiracy researchers. And we went to some unique uh, locales out there like the Integratron and uh, Salvation Mountain and uh, interviewed a whole host of uh, people and kind of hung out. Uh, among the people we talked to in the film are... Uh, Myself, Chica Bruce, Greg Bishop, Walter Bosley, Nick Redfern, uh, uh, who else? Rich Polly Sorbate, uh, among uh, others. Uh, I think we interviewed a total of like 23 uh, people. Oh, wow. So uh should be a pretty interesting film. I think we filmed over like 30 hours, so... The uh, director now is at, he's in the editing phase where you try to take 30 hours of stuff and uh, whittle it down to like a 90 minute yeah. documentary. And I think he still wants to come out here and do some more, a little more uh, filming, locale filming. So Nice. Uh, I think it uh, will blow some people's uh, socks off, but uh, it'll be a while in the making. Yeah. Hopefully, by the end of this year, uh, it'll be uh, coming together. So, yeah, that's uh, what I'm up to. Nice, nice. Yeah. What's your web hub? Is it AdamGoRightly.com or we... Uh... Yeah, the there's the old website, AdamGoRightly.com. Then there's the blog, which is GoRightly.wordpress.com. Oh, all right. And I put up wacky uh, stuff on there. Yeah, that's one of the best blogs out there. It has a great sense of humor. More oh, uh, thanks, places yeah. should have that, you know. I get a chuckle when I go there. It's always a little titillating, a little risque as well, so it may not <laughs> yeah, be safe for work sometimes, folks. <laughs> true, true. It has a bunch of go-go dancer pictures on the uh, sidebar, and uh, I have, uh, I just pulled up the page. One of the things we have... Uh, 
one of the posts is satanic chicken breasts. And uh, the wife and I went to the store the other day, and we were uh, going to buy some chicken breasts. And I go, look, there. And one, uh, there was one for sale, $6.66. Oh, boy. She says, well, we'll... I guess we'll just have to get that one. So I took a photo of it and put it up on the page. So how did it taste? So, um, Tastes like chicken. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Nice. So it tastes like Satan. Oh boy. And <laughs> then I have. There's another post I put up there uh, called "Imagine Having All Your Blogs Search Terms Together in One Room." And what I said here, so here are my top ten search terms for yesterday. I posted these because it was kind of interesting. Number one was Qaddafi bodyguard. Number two was alien. Number two was Stacia of Hawkwind. She was a new uh, psychedelic dancer back in the day. Jesus. Number four was Jesus with dinosaur. <laughs> Number five was alien sex. <laughs> was, yeah, it's crazy. Number six was Bigfoot. Number seven was Qaddafi bodyguards. Whoa. Uh, number eight was Eris. She's the Greek goddess of chaos and discord. And number nine, I thought I had ten here. I guess there's <laughs> just nine. Number nine was green Star Trek girls. So now imagine having all of them together in one room having an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the... the the awkward one is Jesus with a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, that's a little... <laughs> just the logistics of all that are <laughs> difficult to imagine. That's kind of the crazy uh, stuff. One last thing. This is a plug for yours truly. Somebody sent me a book called... What is this called? The uh, Conspiracy Hall of Fame by uh, Victor Thorne. And he listed his top uh, 20 conspiracy theorists, and one of them was me. Wow! Nice. And, so you're a Hall of Famer. And, well, yeah, but what's yeah? I'm a. But what's funny? So yeah, I get the little. It's kind of a booklet, and there's people in there like uh, Jim Mars and Bill Cooper and. Uh, wow! So you're with some celebrated company here. Yeah, Jim Keith, George Orwell. But what was funny when I and I was number twenty when I thumbed back to uh, my section. Uh, says Adam go rightly, but it has Greg Bishop's photo. <laughs> I'm serious. I scanned it and put it up on the website, so I put up a post. Uh, new book reveals that Adam go rightly is really Greg Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because we tried to get you and Greg on here tonight, and uh, I was excited because it was going to be the first time that I'd had you on together, but it didn't happen. Ah. So. You might be on to something. Very mysterious. And now when I think about it, every time I've been on Greg's show, he reads texts from you. And I'm like, have Adam, go, Adam, have Adam call in. And you yeah. never do. So I'm confused. But then again, I've met both of you. So I'm even more flummoxed. Have you met us, seen Take, us together at the same time? No, I have not. There you go. Eerie. <laughs> All right, dude. On that note, i got to wrap it up here. Uh you don't have to hang out, but um, we got to <laughs> we have to say goodbye to the audience. So okay, thanks uh, once goodbye. again. Good. Go ahead. Can I say goodbye to the. Can I say goodbye to the audience? Yeah, I was gonna set you up, but go ahead. Goodbye, audience. 
You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next segment here on the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special. We got a, a double header, if you will, here on, on this uh, segment. Bringing in our two old friends of the program, Greg Bishop and Paul Kimball. And for the first time ever on the Baseball Special, we're having them both on at the same time. You know, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit and get a little dialogue going. So uh, welcome back to the program, Greg and Paul. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Hello, Greg. Hello, Paul. Hello, Tim. There you go. Um, all in the family. We're ready to go. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, let's begin here with uh, opening days technically tomorrow, uh, although the people listening will be tuning in next week. So, Greg, you were saying you, uh, you've broken down and got the tickets. You're, you're going to opening day tomorrow night? Yeah, that idiot Frank McCourt and his stupid wife and the, the Dodgers, I don't know. But I, I like watching baseball, and we went and got a, a very small ticket package so we could get opening day. So we're going to opening day, night, whatever the hell it is, twilight tomorrow at 5 o'clock against the Giants so we can see the Giants mop, mop the floor with the new Dodgers. Now, what do you mean new Dodgers? Are they? Uh... Well, there's some new people on there. I mean, it's not totally retooled. Well, they have a new manager too, right? Yeah, I think that was the main thing, is, is having Madeline in there, who's never managed before. It, well, he has, I guess, as a fill-in, and screwed up royally a couple times while he was filling in. I don't think he's going to be a disaster, but it's the first year for him, so, you know, what can you expect out of that? I don't think he has a strong hand that, that uh, Tory had, but we'll see. I'm sure Tory's sitting there on the phone every time something goes wrong and, and Mattingly freaks out and, and pees his pants. He'll call Tory and ask him what to do. What was the big mistake he made? Didn't he, like, make some kind of lineup? mistake or something like that? Or something well, like that. He, I think that's one thing he did, but the other thing he did is he went out to the, the mound twice. That was it, yeah. Yeah, then you have to pull the pitcher, that's like the rule. Yeah, he went out there and then he stepped off the mound and then somebody said something to him and he stepped back on and uh, I think they were playing San Francisco. I can't remember, but the other manager said, oh, <laughs> wait a second, and they had to pull the pitcher. I actually I kind of like little things like that because uh, like the first I I'd never seen that before until a few years ago what happened there was a fight actually yeah that was it the the manager had gone out to the mound to talk to the pitcher then later in the inning there was a fight so he ran out onto the field then then it was like oh you've gone out twice now you have to. Well, then he did it twice because the other time he just went to talk to the pitcher walked off the mound took his foot off the dirt of the mound and then turned around. And went back to the dirt of the mound, and that's what that was called a double, um, yeah. a double visit to the mound. It was just that little thing, but that's, he broke the rule. That's baseball. He wasn't thinking for you. about it, so you know he. he it was a re- very public display of um, of rookiness as a manager, but uh, he probably won't do that again. <laughs> probably, yeah, he's probably like goes over it in his head every time. Now, Paul, what's the mood like up there in the Great White North? I know you're really a, a, a Red Sox fan, but you're sort of our Canadian correspondent, and they do have the new the new manager as well up there. What you mean, the Blue Jays? Yeah. Are you, talk- you want to report on the Toronto Blue Jays? Here's yeah. my report on the Toronto Blue Jays. Who cares? They're the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> all you can't say you don't care. You'll get a ton of people on the list complaining that you desperately um, complaining that you're supposed to care, no matter what it is. <laughs> uh, little ufology seeps in there. Greg's still bitter about the not caring thing. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, we made Greg promise that he would uh, say that he cared about everything, no matter yeah, what it was. Have to care. I, have I to care about care. the Blue Jays. I have no idea what's going on with them, but I desperately care about them. Those those wonderful Canadian guys. 
as usual, you know, your Blue Jay report would be they'll win somewhere between 77 and 85 games. They'll be probably just good enough to not be good enough. And uh, they're, you know, they're definitely going to miss Sean Markham, who's currently pitching in, in Milwaukee this year. Um, good pickup for the Brewers. And, you know, they've got a lot of young, you know, good young talent like they always do, and they're in a division where they're not – they should be able to compete because the the Tampa Bay Rays can compete. And the Rays, I think, actually have a smaller budget now than the Blue Jays do. But for some reason, the, the Rays have a better scouting staff. They just have a better organization. And the Jays are still basing their season ticket campaign on winning two World Series in a row a couple of decades ago. Oh, God. So, um, you know, the Jays – they're they're not a bad team. They're not a good team. They're just one of those teams that sits in the middle. And unlike a team like Tampa Bay, which might go up and down and up and down, the Jays never go up and they never go too far down. They just they're mediocre, average, and they're going to be mediocrely average again this year. Um, in a divi- in a division where you know if they were in the American League West or the, even the Central, they might have a shot. But they're in a division where you're facing two teams with two of the biggest budgets in baseball, and another team, Tampa Bay, that uh, has a good organization that manages to compete. And then another team, Baltimore, which has been abysmal, but, you know, they got Buck Walter, and who knows, maybe Baltimore will win a few more games this year. So the Jays, they'll come in third or fourth in the American League East, depending on how Tampa Bay does. Yeah, they make some kind of lousy decisions, because they, they traded Vernon Wells, who they had to like unload his massive contract. Then they signed some other dude to like a massive the guy who hit all those home runs last year to a massive contract. There's no way that guy's going to hit like you know I think he almost hit 50 last year. There's no way he's he going to do that again. Yeah, he hit over 50 last year, and he'll probably hit 30 to 40 this year. He's a re- he's the real deal. Batista's you know he's a serious player. I don't think he's going to hit 50 again, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop 35 or 40 out. Um, and you know if you're in a fantasy pool, he's probably not a bad guy to have on your team, although. You know, if you're expecting him to hit 50 home runs, I don't think that's going to happen again. But that wasn't a fluke. You know, that wasn't some kind of Brady Anderson year. He's got, he was given a chance and he finally performed. So he'll hit, unless he's injured, he'll hit, he'll hit at least 30 and he, he could go as high as 40. So he, but he's, you know, he's the guy they have, but, um, they just don't have enough other guys floating around there. That would be the upset of all upsets if they somehow managed to beat the Rays, Red Sox, and Yankees to win the American League East. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like VCU getting in the Final Four of the NCAA tournament. Wait, oh, that happened. But, um, <laughs> but you know, not even even that is less unlikely than the Jays beating the Sox, Yankees, and Rays. Yeah, because you can go on a good run in that, in that uh, you know, yeah. in that environment. Yeah, whereas you have to go on a good 162-game run in Major League Baseball. And, you know, my prediction for the Jays, they'll go 85 and 77. That's what I think they'll do this year, but it's not good enough. Now, Greg, how are you feeling now that uh, your your hated rivals, uh, the Giants, won the won the World Series? You guys all pissed off or what? Well, I think people were pissed off at the time. I'm personally, I'm 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 not pissed off because they had a good team, and plus they haven't won it even. Uh, they haven't won a series in a long time. They they screwed up royally in what was the last time they were in it was uh, with the Angels. Was it 2000? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they made a lot of really stupid mistakes with their stupid manager then. So I think they were due, and I will not uh, fight with Go Rightly about it, for the, even though I know he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Greg. The truth is you just don't care, right? <laughs> yeah, I just don't care about it. I just, oh, no, wait. Yeah, I do. I care desperately about it. <laughs> Well, 
was giving Adam a lot of crap because he, he wanted some kind of uh, extra award or something because his team won. But he didn't even pick them to go all the way. He just picked them to win the National League. So I was a little, uh, I was a little torn on how, <laughs> on how to handle that. So we, we gave him the uh, Adam Gorelli Silver Slugger Award. Did you just create that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just created that. So Just to make him happy. Yeah, well, it felt, it felt like his insane style of picks actually almost paid off if he had just gone all the way with it. Yeah, but. well, a stopped clock is right twice a day, too, so. <laughs> I think I'm going to call that the stopped clock method. The other, he's, he's put something up on Facebook about the Giants going, you know, going to go all the way or something again this year, and I said, you might be right with that, with that Buster Pansy guy they have. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Anything. I, you know, I can make fun of him because it's uh, uh, go rightly, but the the but the guy is a good a good uh, person to build a team around. He's he's he, he is as Paul says the real deal. This Buster Posey, yeah, he's good. Yeah, everybody's you know you 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 just can't help but but uh, root for root for the guy because he's he's uh, young and he's kicking ass. Indeed, absolutely. Now, Paul, you must be very excited about the Red Sox this year. Um. Yeah, you know, as excited as I can get about a team that uh, has a budget twice the size of Canada's, you know, national debt. So um, I still love the Red Sox. I'm still a diehard Red Sox fan, but there are times when I think it's more, uh, you know, just what I grew up with and and not necessarily what they are now. The giant corporate machine that has become the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah. I think they could probably use a year or two of just going 69 and 93, and I'd be happier. Because, you know, I, I miss the plucky Red Sox. Now they just go out and they say, you know what, we can actually outbid the Yankees. Well, okay, you know what, when you can outbid the Yankees, you've become the Yankees. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's an identity crisis there, of source with, with that whole thing, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, having said that, a little bit of ennui or existential doubt. Yeah, sure, it's it's exciting. they got a good pitching staff from the looks of it. And uh, and Gonzalez is a, obviously a great pickup, and um, you know their their lineup is stacked. I mean, on paper, there's no team in the major leagues that looks as good as the Boston Red Sox. And in the old days, that meant a guaranteed third place finish. But in, <laughs> yeah. in the new in the new era, I think that probably means a guaranteed first place finish in the East, and then see what happens in the playoffs. So um, despite all my kibitzing about. Uh, about the Red Sox and their giant corporate identity and everything and the money, you know, yeah, it's going to be fun. They'll, they'll be fun to watch, and and that's good. Yeah, well, it was tough last year because they had all those injuries and everything. It was like watching the farm team a lot, a lot of times. The ratings went down, like, really down the tubes and shit, so it was kind of a yeah. crisis year. But you know what? If somebody um, came to me and said, look, here's your choice between you can go see the Boston Red Sox play in – let's – Seeing it, Sox playing Fenway would be great, so I won't say that. But let's say that I'm out and I'm visiting Greg in, in California, and I have a choice. I can either go see one of two games at Anaheim. I can see the Red Sox play the Angels, or I could see the Kansas City Royals play the Angels. I'm just picking the Royals. I'd go see the Royals play the Angels. You know why? I, you know, something about the Red Sox in Fenway, I'd love to watch them live. But on the road, um, some of these smaller teams with younger players, they're plucky. Like the Pirates. The Pirates are horrible. They're just horrible. But there's something charming about their horribleness that I enjoy watching on television. So I might be the only guy on the planet that would, 
would enjoy a Cleveland Indians Pittsburgh Pirates doubleheader. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Kansas City Royals mono e mono tonight with oh I don't know Houston. Okay, actually, you know what? I couldn't do that, but <laughs> I, I can do Pittsburgh and Cleveland. <laughs> so Houston actually looks vaguely sort of okay. Okay, didn't they kind of get high last year and just drop out of it near about the middle to the end? I, I thought they were terrible from the beginning. I think they went like the longest team to go without a win last at the beginning oh, that's of the season. Right. Yeah, yeah, they they look pretty terrible this year too. They're eleven and twenty three in spring training, so. Um, that doesn't mean anything, ha, ha, ha. Well, <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it it doesn't mean anything if you're the Boston Red Sox and you're 11 and 23. Right, right. You know, but if you're the Houston Astros and you're 11 and 23, yeah, that means something. It means you're as bad this year as you were last year. <laughs> By the way, Greg, the Dodgers are 13 and 21 in spring Yes, training. I know. Yeah. I, I was at pains to see them. I think they won like five in a row in about the third week, and then that was about it. You know, and then sporadic- <laughs> they they started off spring training by losing like eight games or something. <laughs> it was pathetic and it was frightening and it's still frightening. And I think they'll they'll come in like if they're get in the middle of the pack in the West, they'll be lucky. So you say you got a package. What uh what games are you going to? Any any particularly good ones? They got any good interleague games this year? Yeah, they got some. The, the what what I. What I've done in the past is kind of pick, go with the 25 game. It used to be like 27 games, but people were getting pissed and they were worried about the team as well they should be. So they they bumped it down to a 25-game package. But we couldn't even afford that because of my job situation. So we got we got the one where they pick the games for you, which is, I guess, okay. At least we got opening day. See, we, we um, probably more care about just going to baseball rather than if something exciting is going to happen right. with a particular team. However, Giants opening day, Giants on Sunday after opening day, uh, Cardinals on April 17th, Braves on the 19th. We got the Brewers, eh. Marlins, eh. Reds are coming, who probably have a chance. I got Astros. <laughs> Detroit, there's one interleague we're going to. That'll be good. Uh, Angels, Mets, ugh. Uh, Rockies, who I am predicting are going to make it high in the standings. Um, D-backs, Phillies. Um, Paul, you know, you're going to be in here um, house-sitting for us, right? Yes. I have tickets to two games when we're gone, which you are perfectly welcome to. Uh-oh. Oh, nice. Who's playing? Yeah. I'll go anyway, but who's playing? Let's see. We're leaving on the 21st, so we got Don't Saturday, May 28th with the Marlins. There you go with your plucky boring. young teams, yeah. Sure, and uh, the 30th with the Rockies. So you get a, oh, you get a great. super team and a, and a pretty good team. Yeah, no, count me in. Um, fantastic. Hey, nice. Make it down to the stadium somehow, or get somebody to take you. They're yours. Yeah, my brother might actually be coming out to join me because um, we were. Th- I was thinking, look, you know, Jim Fout will watch. Uh, we'll watch a couple of games. We were the idea of going to see the Angels and the Dodgers play anyway. So <laughs> that would be ideal. Plus, he he can rent a car. So. Right, <laughs> because Paul is by by, Cana- by by international law is not allowed to rent a car anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's not true, is it? No, not really. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say. You never know. You never know with Kimball. Mm. So, so anyway, those tickets are here for you as as a thank you for taking care of our um, insane cat. Now she's pretty mellow. Yeah, oh, I dig. I dig your cat. 
<laughs> maybe. I was just in Albuquerque, and I was trying to buy an Albuquerque Isotopes hat, and the damn place was closed on Sunday, their, their uh, gift shop. However, there was a game going on. Like, why is the gift shop closed on a game day? I think it was it was uh, spring train. This minor league test spring training, right? I don't know. Well, there was a game going on because I heard people cheering and I heard an announcer. Well, maybe it was monster trucks and I couldn't see, but I think it was an actual baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> the Dodger Stadium had uh, over the spring had a uh, like fifty tons of dirt dumped on top of the grass on top of some plastic so they could do motocross and crap like that. And they had to replant all the grass about three months ago, and now it's ready to go. Weird, weird. Uh, but the company that did it paid all this money to to kill the Dodger Stadium grass. Are they? Are the Dodgers? Has all that been settled now? All that controversy there uh, with the, the divorce and everything? Or are they all set? Are they still fighting about it? I think they're still fighting about it, but I think the uh, the biggest blows have already uh, been struck. Now they're just arguing over who gets what. Um, and uh, because of that, uh, I believe a lot of money's still tied up. So when trade deadlines come around, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know whose purse strings are going to open up or what. Um, who did somebody came on Facebook at least? Uh, at least my wife saw a few days ago. Oh no, she was looking at the the Dodgers website, and there was some completely unrelated story about uh, the owners, um, about Frank and Jamie McCourt, and. <laughs> It was like, you know, uh, 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 one of their, like Chad Billingsley pitches a gym, spring training, and the first comment at the MLB site was, sell the team, you damn lowlife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think the news came out after the special last year, but you must have heard that whole story about how they paid some, like, psychic genius, or for lack of a better term, some psychic in, in Massachusetts. I think it's some, like, Russian psych yeah. to, to, like, put Mojo on the team or some damn thing. So weird. But funny, you, you you think about that, it's like, oh, God, those stupid... It's like, baseball players are the most superstitious people in the world. Why not the owners? That's true. I'm not but... superstitious. When I play softball, I have to go through a routine and do all these weird things, and I didn't plan it. I've just gotten all superstitious about it. I don't know why. I don't know. So, yeah, are the owners immune? Probably not. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other stories like that that would horrify a lot of the fans, uh, even more than a divorce sucking all the money out of the team and uh, keeping it in the toilet. you still play softball? Yeah. In fact, after we're off the phone here, I'm going to a, uh, a spring training scrimmage here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right. So, so they, you guys, even you guys have a spring training. Yeah, well, we don't have to, but it's kind of nice to go out there and make sure you haven't forgotten how to do things before. I play pickup games on Saturdays, too, sometimes, so I kind of keep in practice. Um, but we're getting away from the uh, subject at hand here, I think. Yeah, now, Paul, do you play softball? What? Sorry? I do you, asleep there. Do you play? I'm trying to include everybody. Oh! <laughs> I fell asleep. You're saying you don't care, is that what you said? You're just saying you don't care about me and my softball. He did come out to one of my games, though. He was really cool exactly. about that. And then I, um, he came out and pitched uh, for about 15 minutes, and I caught for him, and he, he was pretty good. Wow. Nice. Baseball. Well, he pitched baseball. Yeah. See, I played softball for one year about, what, 15? 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, about that. 
And no, gosh, oh, it's 15 years ago now. And it was, yeah, fine. But you know what? I played baseball when I was a kid. And so softball doesn't really interest me too much. Um, so, you know, when Greg and I, we went out to this park. And um, it's amazing. I can throw a ball. I, I certainly can't throw it as fast as I used to be able to throw when I was a kid because um, I sort of blew my arm out. But I, so I can throw two balls. And it starts to hurt, or I can throw 20 or even 50. It all depends on the day. But it was weird. When I was out with Greg, it, was, it, didn't, I didn't, really, it didn't really hurt. And um, the speed is largely gone, but as I think Greg will attest, the control is still pretty good. Yeah, it took him about three pitches to get not, after not having thrown a ball, I think, in months or years. It took him about three pitches to get at the point where I didn't have to j- jump out of the crouch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, pretty, I mean, you know, yeah. that, that's pretty damned good. And, and it stung when it hit the glove, so he still has some velocity. I'm, I'm looking forward to a Jamie Moyer-esque career in my <laughs> 40s now. Um, but, yeah, it's my only claim to sporting fame when I was a kid playing minor league ball. I was actually, very briefly, the number one starter on a team where the number two starter actually went on to play major league baseball. Um, he played for the Jays and the Oakland Athletics. For a couple of years, he was a short reliever or middle reliever, rather. Wow! Oh, uh, yeah, that's my only claim to athletic fame. Reflected <laughs> <laughs> glory. I don't have any. I sucked in little league. Our whole—I was on a team that lost every game, <laughs> every single game the entire season. Then it was in a, the next time a team was on, we came in second through no fault of mine um, because I couldn't see the ball. Why? You need glasses or something? We needed glasses, and I didn't know it. Um, I, they put me out in left field because of where do you put people that suck? So they put me out in left field about once every three or four games. I'd hear all this yelling, <laughs> and I'd be looking around, and about five feet from the when the ball was about five feet from me, I'd see it and it'd smack me in the face. And I didn't know, and I couldn't see the ball when I was batting, you know. So it, it just looked like I sucked. And then about four or five years later, we find out I needed glasses because when you're when you can't see, you don't know you can't see. Yeah, because you're like a little kid, too. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the way everything is. So, yeah, I had to find find it in softball to realize that I had at least, you know, an average to slightly better than average athletic ability so that I could actually play on a team and not suck. So it was, a, it was kind of a revelation for me that I could play an actual game with a ball and a bat and, and, and not stink at it. And uh, that was about the same time I became interested in baseball, so which was like 15 years ago. Nice, nice. All right, well, it's time to put your money where your mouth is because it's prediction time. Are you boys ready? Yeah. Greg goes first. Oh, I was going to say Paul goes first. Why, are you going to change things based on what I said? No. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, age before beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than Paul by what? Five years? Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, AL East. Uh, <laughs> he quickly moved in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. Let's start with the uh, the AL East. Who you got? Sox. All right. AL Central Twins. All right. Nice. Okay. I think that's going to be one of the make or break divisions for everybody because uh, it seems like there's quite a, a different array of picks across the board on that one. So. Yeah, and Oakland for West because their pitching's been improved quite a bit. Nice, nice. All right. Wild card Yankees. All right, interesting. All right, I like these picks. All right. Okay, NL East, uh, Braves. 
Nice. Wow. All right. Bit of a well, surprise. they rebuild, and I think it, it. I think it might work. I mean, uh, what's his name? Did they? Is he not managing anymore? Bobby Cox. Yeah, there's a new manager now. Yeah. Right. I think that might make a difference. Uh, Central Cardinals. That's a pretty safe one. And West, um, a non-safe one. Rockies. Nice, nice. So you're sort of going with uh, the the teams that are on the cusp that that might make a run. I've got. I've, I kind of looked over all the different picks and sort of vaguely half paid attention to the, some of the trades by reading up on it because usually I only pay attention to the Dodgers and the NL West, as you know. Everybody's saying, "Ooh, nothing happens in NL West." Well, that's where I live, so that's where <laughs> I'm born. So screw you guys. Um, <laughs> wild card Phillies. All right, nice. Okay, so we're, we're interesting picks. All right, I like this. Okay, do I have to go? Uh, yeah, we'll go all the way here. We'll, we'll then we'll get then we'll get Paul's uh, picks here. So, who you have for the uh, the AL champs? Uh, 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 Sox. Okay, National League cards. Oh wow! All right, so Red Sox, Cardinals, World Series once again. Who uh, who do you have going out on top? I guess I'll go with the numbers and say Sox. All right. I know that makes you two happy, but that's just that's just how I see it. And the Yay. Dodgers, they're lucky, will not come in last. <laughs> who will come in last? I said the Dodgers, if they're lucky, will not come in last. That'll probably be left up to San Diego or Arizona. Yeah, San Diego. Well, they they made a pretty good run last year uh, with you you know with a couple yeah, of good they, players and, and a lot of lost young guys. They're there to Boston. I know. Yeah, but that that trade had been coming. You know, they've been working on that trade for like years. So yeah, yeah, I know. It was nice to see him when he came by to L.A. and when I went down to visit in San Diego and realized he wouldn't be there for long. Yeah, but think about all those nationally televised games he'll be on now. <laughs> <laughs> Every other week on ESPN, practically, I'm sure. Yeah, Paul's turn. All right, Paul, what do you got? AL East? I got Barry Bonds will be found not guilty. Oh, good. Interesting, okay. I think that's an important prediction. I think Roger Clemens might well be found guilty, um, but after the Bonds verdict, I think maybe Clemens will get off too. So I think really that covers it for baseball, doesn't it? Bud Seelig yeah. must be happy. The two, okay, see stars, the two biggest stars of the last 20 years are um, both going to – be in court this year. One's already in court, so that tells you all you need to know about the last 20 years. That's for um, sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, the American League East, the Boston Red Sox. You have to be insane to predict otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take the Tigers in the Central with a side order of fries. Nice, nice. Your your favorite team there, the Tigers. That's a throwback to the original baseball special. Uh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Um, the AL West. I have tried everything to find a way to not pick the Texas Rangers, but I'm going to pick the Texas Rangers. Okay. Oakland's got a wonderful pitching staff, but I don't see the offense. So. Yeah, and plus they tend to they tend to cut bait rather than fish by halfway through the season. Oh, do, yeah. There's know. still money balling it, so. Yeah. Uh, I think Oakland will finish second, but I think that's Texas this year. Okay. Wild card. Uh, the wild card pick's going to be the Yankees. That's what I said, yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see. They could go either way this year. Uh, I'm kind of hoping for a really dismal season just to embarrass them. Oh, who doesn't? That's true. (laughs) I was was sorely tempted to pick uh, Minnesota as a wild card, but the Yankees, they're pitching a hold up, and I think picking up, they've made some decent pickups. And I think somewhere in the middle of the season, they'll make a trade if they have to to bolster. That's the feeling I have, yeah. So, yeah, I'll take the Yankees for the wild card. 
All right. Now on to the National League. Uh, take the Braves in the East. Nice. I will hold off in the Central. I'll come back to them in a second. Okay. I'll take uh, Colorado. I agree with Greg in the West. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Giants for the wild card. Okay. And the I'll reason take, I didn't pick them. But. Yeah. I'll take the Milwaukee Brewers in the Central. Ah, oh, nice. All right. They've, they've loaded up for one year to take one shot while they still have Prince Fielder. they got uh, Markham and Grinky, although he's out, but he'll be back. I think, you know, that's my wild, that's my wild pick. But I think the Brewers, this is going to be their, their year. This is the year. I like that, Paul. It's the thinking man's central prediction. Exactly, yeah. Well, I also have the Brewers, so I'm in total agreement there. Well, oh. wait till they go 68 and 94, and then we'll see how the <laughs> team yeah. yeah. All right, and then uh, who do you have facing off in the World Series, the AL and the NL champs? The National League champ will be the Colorado Rockies. The American League champ will be the New York Yankees. Wow. You traitor. Hey, I'm just going with what, the way I feel, man. Wow, I'm not. The Yan- I'm just, I'm more just impressed by the gutsy pick. I think the Yankees have one run. This is it. This is the last year before they probably have to start really rebuilding the franchise. But Sabathia and Hughes in a short series, Mario, Mariano Rivera with one last hurrah. Plus they've got you know tons of backup for him in the bullpen. And I think the lineup will hold up. And in a short series, a seven game series, I think they're better than the Red Sox. Interesting. Okay. All right. And the World Series champion will be the Colorado Rockies. Wow. All right. Interesting. Okay. Well, that'll be nice to see after the last couple of years ago. Yeah. They just rolled over. Well, it's good to see a little diversity here in these picks from the from the both of you guys. It was uh it was getting pretty standard here. I had to sort of break from the pack myself. I took the Braves to win the National League championship, so Oh, okay. I just Why, feel well, like, what's that? What are the other predictions? Can you mention them on the show? Yeah, I can mention them. Like predominantly Philly. I think everybody so far up until uh, uh, up until Go Riley picked Philly. So. Well, I have uh, Paul did it. I think mostly with his analysis, and I did it partially with analysis and partially with inspiration and emotion. So. That's kind of how I did it. I sort of went by the feel of it. I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I, I think I took more of a. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a, a uh, like somebody, a fan or or a, a player analyzing um, as a, a, a with the. Well, I don't know, Paul. Did you did you uh, did you use uh, emotion and intuition in there too? Um, I used a dartboard because I. Had ah, well, that's uh, that that can that, that can be affected by emotion and intuition if you believe I, certain people. <laughs> I, had such a, I had such a miserable raft of picks last year that I thought, you know what? Um, this year, last year I picked the Seattle Mariners. Oh. So this oh. year, my Seattle pick is probably the Milwaukee Brewers. But I really think they're going to do it. And I just the Phillies. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. You know that? Yeah, all the, that everything looks good in paper, but they've got injuries. They don't have Jason Worth anymore. And you know what? Lee Oswald and Halliday are all over thirty. And at some point. You know, they get a lot of innings on those arms. So I'm not sure all three of them are going to make it through the season in one piece. If they so do. How I am. I didn't even know Worth had left. Yeah, he's in he's, he's D.C. He, he's in D.C. with the Nationals. Ah. <laughs> There's a career move for you. Yeah. But, 
you know, take the money and run. So yeah, I don't. There's that's my gutsy thing. I don't even think the Phillies make the playoffs this year, and then somehow Philadelphia implodes as a city and disappears off the map. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Philadelphia? I don't know. The Flyers lost the Stanley Cup, and the Phillies didn't make the uh, didn't make the Major League Baseball playoffs, so the city doesn't exist anymore. Celebrations in Pittsburgh. Footage at six. <laughs> and the whole time Paul was doing his predictions, I oiled my glove for this season. Wow. It really is a baseball special. Yes. You, you don't want to know what I was oiling while you were making your predictions, Greg. I knew no. you were going to say that. I was leaving the door wide open for you, and you walked <laughs> right through thank you. There you go. <laughs> you set him up, I'll hit him out. Yeah, yeah. When in doubt, leave the door open. Kimball will come through with some kind of filthy uh, double entendre. Indeed. It's the what's next for you part now, so... Uh, We'll start with uh, with you, Greg. What's what's next for you? Anything crazy coming up here in 2011? I know you're going to be at Leslie Fest at the end of April, uh, the Wake Up Now conference. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's one of those things. I get this feeling that it's the last one I'm going to speak at for quite a while. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, complain about ufology and say how much it's terrible. Nice, nice. And uh, and instead of just whining, make some... some um, I think reasoned suggestions as to how it can change, um, it, it, even to the point of just stopping certain things for a while. Like, don't don't uh, study abductions for. I already said this. Don't yeah. forget abductions for five or ten years if you can. You know that that kind of stuff. Um, also, I'm um, in the middle at Paul's suggestion, actually, uh, who gave me a little pep talk when I lost my job here. I am retooling the Radio Mysterioso site uh, almost as we speak, uh, so that will be up within the next probably two or three weeks if I can get the damn thing working. Um, and I'll have a site that's just me, like Nick has for uh, for himself, and anybody that's actually writing has for themselves, so people can go there and see what they're doing, see what they've done, and uh, kind of have a reference if somebody wants to hire me for something or whatever. Um, and that'll be gregdbishop.com, because Gregory and gregbishop.com were taken. Um, oh, wow. And we're working on a fictional thing that I was supposed to write with Mac Tonys, which I mentioned once in a while. But that's, I will, that's all I will mention about it. A fictional story. Okay. Any news on uh, who's that fucking guy you're supposed to reveal the identity of there? Falcon? Falcon. Yeah, that's going to be on the new site, too. I mean, that will be probably what I launched the site with, unless somebody like 40 and Times will pay me for it still. All right, so we'll keep an eye out for that. To have something extra on it. There'll be other things on there, too. I mean, I've got I've got audio recordings I got from Bill Moore, from Roswell Witnesses. I've got, you know, a couple hundred pounds of, of files uh, from various places, but mostly from Bill Moore, who didn't want them anymore. The first thing in the box when I looked at it was Kenneth Arnold's FBI file. Oh, wow. Caliber, caliber and kind of stuff that's in there. Um, so i got to bring it in the house and just start cataloging it. Maybe when Paul's here, I'll be about halfway through it. He can take a look at it, too, if he's interested. Nice, nice. And that's about it. All right. So gregdbishop.com. People should keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I've got it registered. I just have to <laughs> throw some content on it, which which I will, and there'll be you know stuff that isn't anywhere else. And also, uh, like I said, um, from time to time, uh, exclusive stuff that you could only, you, you'll only be able to get there. Nice, nice. 
Paul, what about you? Uh, we, we mentioned this on Greg's show, but we're working on a movie here, uh, Beyond the Best Evidence. So people should uh, – we, we have a, a website for that yet? Uh, the best place to go for information about that is my company's website, although there's a dedicated Indiegogo website, but I'm not exactly sure what the URL for that is yet. So go to uh, redstarfilmtv, all one word, .com, and check under In Development, and you'll see Beyond Best Evidence, the UFO Enigma. And that's where we're trying, you know, we're doing something different, which is community fundraising. Um, there are other sources of money coming into the film, but we're basically saying as well, and filmmakers are doing this more and more all the time now. But for us, we're saying to the UFO community, if you will, or people that are interested in it, hey, join our team, become part of this journey, help us make this film the way that we all want to see films made, as opposed to the way that the networks want to see films made. Exactly. We're going, to, we're going to make this one totally independent of the mainstream networks, who I'm happy to work for in other areas, but for this one, um, because we're going to be talking about the theoretical aspects of the UFO phenomenon, which I don't think the mainstream networks really give two rats behinds about, you know, we're going to do it with a community of supporters, hopefully, if it works, and uh, and create a good film that way. And, you know, other resources that my company and, and various other things bring to bear as well. So, um, so yeah, it's fun. It's a Kim Benall partnership. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we're going to have you on the show uh, during the campaign to talk about it. So we'll, we'll delve more into what we have planned for this film and, and how people can get involved and, and really get involved and, you know, like you said, be a part of this thing because that, that's what we really want, you know. Yeah. Because there's so much grousing about UFO movies and UFO TV shows and stuff, and here's here's the opportunity for people to actually make a difference. So that's what I'm Absolutely. excited about. Absolutely, everything from you know a five dollar donation to a, a, we'll have a level between there and a thousand dollars if you if you really want to you know go whole hog. There's room for everybody to become involved. There's different things that people at different levels will get out of it, as well as just becoming involved. We're offering sort of perks to make you know more value for your contribution. And at the end of the day, um, I think, well, you know what, if you if you think I make good films and you think Tim runs a good show and a good website, we have a pretty good track record between the two of us. So we're probably the two guys, right guys to make the film um, about the theoretical aspects of UFOs. And it'll be a companion piece to my earlier film, Best Evidence, um, Top Ten UFO Sightings. Absolutely. I think you ought to uh, auction off an associate producer credit. Well, if you if you donate a thousand dollars, one of the perks you get is you get an associate producer credit. Okay. So yeah. that's the uh, that's the level for there. And you know, we're also taking private investment. I already have some of that, so people can also go that route and contact me directly. My email will be there on the Indiegogo site, and people know where to find me. And uh, the other thing is, I um, I have a feature film in development up here in Canada, like real development, not just my own company, but government funding development. And I'm hopeful that that actually uh, starts shooting in the fall. Things look pretty good. And we might have some very interesting casting news for science fiction fans soon. Oh. We'll see. Is this like, a, like someone they'd know? Oh, yes. Quite so. Oh. Nice. All right. Well, on that note, thank you once again, Paul. And thank you, Greg, for coming back onto the show and discussing baseball here for the baseball special. Obviously, uh... Greg, you're just smashing the shit out of the uh, the all-time appearance record on this show, despite the audience's reaction to the year-in-review episode. Yeah, well, it is your show. It's not the audience's show. That's why I always say when people say anything about mine, I say, well, when I start making money for it, and then I guess I'll start listening to uh, <laughs> complaints and, and being 
being polite about them instead of just saying, ah, it's my show. <laughs> so, so what are you saying, Greg? Are you saying you don't care about the audience reaction? <laughs> uh, I don't care about my emotional state based on an audience reaction. There you go. There you Perfect. go. All right. On that note, thanks again, guys, and uh, we'll all be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. See you, Paul. See you, Greg. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. That does it for the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball. Special big, big thanks to Jason Offit, Lauren Coleman, Adam Go-Rightly, Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, and the US of E's League Minimum for joining us on this year's festivities. Moving right along, as I noted, this is probably one of the least listened to editions of the program that we have each season, so I don't want to feature somebody's email here on listener feedback because there's a good chance they may not be listening. So we're going to skip listener feedback on this episode. We will have listener feedback on the Tracy Twyman episode that's coming out the same day, so tune in to the end of the program for that. If you want to get in touch with me, that's simple. There's three big ways to do it. You can write to boaaudio at hotmail.com or go to banalofamerica.com, B-I-N-N-A-L-L of America.com and click the contact button. And the final method is to join up at the official BOA forum, theusofe.com, T-H-E-U-S-O-F-E.com. We've still got the 2011 baseball predictions contest thread up and running. So if someone wants to throw in a final set of predictions, I won't hold it against them. It's cool. We'll allow it. So if you want to join in on the fun and try and become a part of the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball special, go for it. Join up at the official BOA forum and try your luck. Beyond those means of contacting me, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, so feel free to befriend me, poke me, or follow me. It's all good. I'd love to hear from you on there. Up next, let me thank the outstanding and esteemed BOA staff, Leslie, Chiron, Regan Lee, Joe V, Tina Senna, Rochelle Hawks, Richard Thomas, Marla Pena, Bruce Pretty, Tony Morrill, our contributing cartoonist, Andy Carolin, and our webmaster, Jeremy Boston. Lots of great stuff from the BOA staff up at the website. You definitely want to go and check that out. We say it all the time here at the end of the show, but it bears repeating. If you're only listening to BOA audio and you're not reading the columns at Banal of America, then you're only getting half the story. BOA, make it a part of your everyday search for esoteric news and opinion. Normally, this is the part of the program where we ask you to make a donation to Banal of America and BOA audio. But as noted during our conversation here with Paul Kimball, we are on a major fundraising mission here to help fund the film Beyond Best Evidence, the UFO Enigma. So if you want to make a donation, that would really be the best place to do it right now. You can go to Indiegogo, I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com slash UFO to find out more about how to make a donation and what you get for making a donation. This isn't just throwing money in the bucket this time around. Here, with this project, you get a whole bunch of perks for each level of donation. So if you throw 50 bucks in, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff in return when the film is made. So check out Indiegogo.com UFO or go to BanalofAmerica.com and click the ad there for the Indiegogo campaign 
or beyond best evidence, the UFO enigma. No donation is too small, and all donations would be greatly appreciated. Normally, I'd take this time to tell you what's going to be happening next week on BOA Audio, but we're running two episodes at once here today. So let me just tell you to head on over to Banal of America and pick up the next edition of the program. That one, of course, is purely paranormal, and it features razor-sharp esoteric researcher Tracy Twyman talking about the marriage of alchemy and the economy. Truly remarkable stuff, mind-bending material from Tracy Twyman. A very long conversation. I think it clocks in at well over two hours. So quite a bit of stuff there. It's really a feast for the mind and one you're definitely going to want to check out. That's Tracy Twyman on BOA Audio. You can find it right now at the website. And I'll just hold off, I guess, on teasing what's on next week's edition of the program until I tape the final segment for that episode. And with all that said, let's wrap up the program here with one more final thanks to the great guests who appeared here for the 2011 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Jason Offit, Lauren Coleman, Adam Go Rightly, Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, and the U.S. of E's League Minimum. And, of course, I want to thank all the great folks out there listening right now. I mean, you are the super hardcore BOA Audio listeners. You're the folks who actually listen to the baseball special. I know it's only a handful of you, but if you're tuning in this far, thank you. Thank you so much for your support of the program. You guys are the best. Thank you once again for making BOA Audio a part of your esoteric audio playlist. And on that note, until next time, this is Tim Benall, thanking you for listening and signing off.